You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Something's coming. Welcome to the Screamcast episode 122. I am Sean Drager, and with me is Brad Henderson. 122, I feel so privileged. Mm-hmm. Thank you, uh, Sean, for being here for 122 episodes. BJ is not joining us because I totally fucked up and forgot to invite her in time, uh, because I've been insanely distracted, because my wife hurt her knee and hasn't been able to walk. So I've Oof. been basically doing everything with three children. And I'm at my, uh, I'm at, uh, what is it, the the end of my rope? <laughs> uh, let's just say, you know, it's moments like these. Is that a cry out for help? It is. It could be. Uh, hmm. Nah, you know. Um, for a horror podcast, this just got pretty dark. I know, it did. No, no, you know, all, what I'm saying is, like, you know, you married We're guys out help. there, if you if you have kids and, like, you know, I mean, I don't, you don't, I don't realize like how much shit my wife does until like I got to do all that shit. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm a worthless piece of crap because I can't even okay, keep. We up are sending help your way, Sean. <laughs> yes, uh, we could we do a therapy session. My dad is a flat Earth conspiracy believer. What? Uh, yeah, that's uh, it's happening. You are jumping and, all over this uh, right now. Mind blowing. You know, Christmas is a dark time, and we're going to be under a Trump presiden- presidency. So, you know, uh, how, how are you guys doing? We're doing great. <laughs> yeah, pretty good, actually. Uh, doing all right. <laughs> uh, joining us on tonight's, uh, today's podcast, whatever, you know, you, you're not listening specifically at night, dear listener. Uh, Jason Murphy joins us. He is uh, the author of Black Goat Motorcycle Club. Yes. And a, uh, an all-around uh, writer of other things. So, Jason... Uh, Tell, tell me about this uh, Black Goat and Motorcycle Club, man. Well, that's the one that's most pertinent to uh, to this, to this whole endeavor, to being on Screencast, I think. That and having a, a longstanding love affair with uh, Mr. Henderson. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a novel I wrote. Uh, it was published by Sinister Grin Press uh, back in uh, February of 2016. I think it was February. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a horror novel. It's an action horror novel about uh, a bunch of bikers laying siege to an isolated hospital. And, uh, then things get weird. Nice. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil anything. I thought everybody, I thought it was obvious. I thought that the twists and turns that it takes were it's all. Not... Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. I thought, see, I thought it was really well, straightforward. I, so... got, I got, I got stuff, um, like I got it in the beginning, but once it went on, like I realized I didn't know as much as I thought I did. Maybe one of those situations. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It still took me by surprise because, like, I don't know. Well, because it's it's hard to say because you don't want to spoil anything. But uh, you know, I guess we'll talk offline about it. But <laughs> as, as somebody that has has read the book, um, even though I may be a little biased because I love Jason to death. Um, it 
it does take you by surprise, and it is, and it's a pretty, it's got some fucked up shit. Fucked up like, oh, shit. Yeah, it, it's got some, it's got some fucked up shit, but it is very, um, like, I love siege movies. You know, one of my, um, favorite things is, you know, Assault on Precinct 13, and, uh, obviously it feels like Jason is a fan of that, um, from some of the things that happen in, in this, uh, in this book. Uh, you know, novel and and especially just the siege in general. Um, but, uh, very, you know, like I felt like I was watching something from the eighties when I was like reading it, even like uh, just how I was imagining things, but it's a uh, very, like it's gritty, it's grimy. It's, uh, you know, like exploitation type shit, but like very weird at the same time, but it's, it's, it, it, I think any horror fan will find love in it because it's, uh, you know, what happens is a little familiar, um, with what you see, but I, I do think the book does take a few twists and turns that are une- unexpected, even though you're expecting something, you're more or less right, but there are still a few surprises along the way. Well, I dig it just because the title, because uh, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club is a favorite band of mine. So I, was like, Shit. I mean, this is like that band, but with goats. I just imagined a, a band of goats riding motorcycles listening to hard rock. Oh, you you have read it. <laughs> spoiler, Sean. Come on. Man. I'm looking forward uh, to checking it out. Uh, so I'll I'll be uh I'll be reading that very soon. For I sure. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's fun. You know, I wanted to write something simple and that kind of paid tribute to all of those like siege movies, you know, uh, uh, I always loved like the Alamo, you know, a couple of people, a handful of people up against impossible odds. And yeah, but I found myself, I found myself, uh, like when promoting the book and talking about it, I'm, I'm actually doing a podcast right now, uh, a weekly, uh, like 20 minute segment of the book in order. For free. Nice. Uh, yeah, and you can find that on iTunes. Just look for Black Oak Motorcycle Club. or It's on SoundCloud, or you can go to my website. It's jasonsmurphy.com. But I'm doing that to, to promote the book. And uh, in promoting the book, I was putting, like, hashtags in there that were giving all sorts of stuff away because I just thought, oh, it's obvious. It's obvious. Everybody knows. Everybody knows what's going on. <laughs> so I would, too, just the just completely laying it out there. And I was talking to a friend who was listening to it for the first time. And he, and he said, Oh, I, I didn't, I, I had no idea that was, that was happening. I was like, Oh man, seriously. Oh, then I felt really bad. And so now I'm much more careful because <laughs> apparently it's not obvious at all. Well, I don't think, I, I don't think it blindsides somebody. I mean, if it's blindsides you, then you're probably not paying attention. <laughs> right. But, you know, but I, I think that from, you know, like from the opening sequence, which is one of my favorites in the, in the book, from what happens later on with Whitey, like going into the hospital, you know, with the Wilboro, it's like, oh shit, like, that's probably what it is, but was Whitey drunk? Like, you're trying to think, and it's like, oh, shit, no, this shit's really fucking happening. Like, that's a cool, like, portion of the book. It's, like, one of my favorites. But that's all, like, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, the whole siege aspect of once the hospital shit goes down and, like, you know, um, uh, well, shit, I just forgot his name. 
Hank. the lead biker. No, the lead, oh, that's Dr. Hank. The, Gideon. The, yeah, Gideon is, like, walking through with, like, Panzer and shit. Like, shit's, like, that's definitely, like, some of my favorite shit in the book. Also, awesome. But, um, yeah, I, I highly recommend it because, um, you know, it, it takes me a lot. It takes a lot for me to read a book because I do read, but... I have limited time, so when I pick a book, it has like I have to know it's going to be good because I really don't like to waste my time. Or it has to have pictures in very large writing. Yes, or boobs. <laughs> that always helps as well. Um, so I, I, I'm very, I'm very careful because time's limited these days, man. Tell me, like you know everything that we do, and uh, you don't want to waste your time. So this comes uh, highly recommended. Um, like I said, I'm biased, but there's a reason why I'm biased because Jason's a fucking good writer. So thanks, that, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I suck your dick uh, all the time, so <laughs> shut up. It's true. Um, it's true. I, I finished my, or, or excuse me, my wife finished my new novel uh, last night. She finished reading it, uh, and uh, she looked at me and she was like, "Okay, so you promise you're not a serial killer?" <laughs> uh, she was like, "Cause there's some." dark shit going on in there. And I was like, yeah, I know, right? It's a very different book, but uh, hopefully I'll have that one out. Uh, publisher says by the summer. Nice. Do you get super nervous having your wife read uh, read the book? Like, do you feel like she's getting to a portion of your brain that she hasn't really dove into yet? <laughs> I feel yes. like that happens when I talk to my wife about stuff. I get, get caught up and I'll start describing stuff and she looks at me like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm an open book, I yeah. think. Uh, so I don't know. I just, I, I like to think that there aren't really any surprises, but apparently there are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll need a place to stay soon, guys. So, uh, <laughs> uh we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't really get nervous. Uh, I'm, I'm like, well, you know, either I don't think there are going to be any surprises. And if there are, then I'm just kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> just roll with it, baby. Yeah, exactly. Very nice. Uh, so, so you have those, uh, what's the title of that book? Can you, oh yeah. Uh, the title of the new one is called the midnight murder hour Ooh. and it's a, a much stranger it's much closer to me, uh, to my predilections. Uh, it's a much stranger book than, uh, the Black Goat Motorcycle Club. It's much more in the vein of, uh, something like a nightmare on Elm Street. Nice. Fantastic. Ooh. Uh, what other, uh, projects can you discuss that, about your about writing that people should, uh, keep an eye out for? Uh, well, uh, a movie I wrote called 200 Hours is in post-production. Uh, it was directed by Philip Guzman, uh, starring a number of uh, people you guys might recognize, uh, namely like Bria Grant. Uh, she's in it. A um, uh, handful of other uh, folks. But Bria is like the most uh, horror-centric one as she yeah. pops up in all sorts of stuff now. Uh, that uh, will come out sometime next year. We're in post right now, so it'll it'll take a while. There's no uh, release date or anything just yet. Um what else? I've got that. Uh, working on uh, some other uh, screenplays and stuff uh, uh, for various uh, adaptations. Um, starting a new novel, and <laughs> I am on. Uh, I'm leaving something out. Working on a comic book. Uh, yeah, working on uh, uh, every every week. Sorry, I'm all over the place. Uh, every week, every Friday on YouTube, uh, you can find me as one of the hosts of uh, a show called The Modern Rogue. Hmm. 
which is kind of a spinoff uh, or a, not even a spinoff. It's not a spinoff. It's a spiritual successor. Uh, you could say of uh, the TV show that uh, I had on national geographic called hacking the system. Okay. It's uh it's, Basically Which is on Netflix too, right? It is on yeah. Netflix. Yeah, you can watch right. it on Netflix. Uh, on the Netflix show on, on Hacking the System, uh, I am, I, I, I was a segment producer and I did a lot of the, uh, came up with a lot of the ideas and everything. Uh, and I was the uh, main host's idiot assistant. Um, and now, uh, he and I, Brian Brushwood, are doing this uh, weekly show on YouTube where we have complete creative freedom. So it's both of us doing a uh, little, uh, you know, five, 10, 15 minute segments a week where it's kind of like myth busters with a little bit of jackass yeah. and MacGyver. Yeah. We like this, uh, as of this recording, uh, we made, uh, the last episode was uh, us making nunchucks out of, uh, magazines and, Perfect. uh, yeah, we blow stuff up. We you know, talk about, uh, weird internet stuff, hacking, um, drinking, drink recipes, stuff like that. It's called the modern rogue for a reason. So it's all about teaching you how to be the ultimate badass, even though we're not the ultimate badass. <laughs> and awesome. then was it on mortar, modern rogue? You had the taco bell thing because that could change people's lives. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was one of the first episodes we did. We decided, uh, uh there's an app. There's an app on, uh, on Android and, uh, iOS that you can download. It's the taco bell app. And you can um, order directly from there and you can mix and match and like, okay, I'm going to add cheese. I'm going to add this kind of sauce. I'm going to take this off. And we found ways to basically hack the Taco Bell menu to get all sorts of stuff way cheaper than you can at the store. Wow. I haven't had Taco Bell in probably two years, but uh, this may, this may change that. Uh, I have it about, I have it about twice a week. And, <laughs> Especially uh, December. In December, like all bets are off with, uh, with my diet. So it's like, yeah. I can't keep up. So by, by mid-December, I'm just like, fuck it. I'll pick this up in January. My doctor, when I told him that, he was horrified. <laughs> I mean, the look on his face, it was like I just said, oh, I, I killed a drifter in the parking lot. <laughs> I, I think he reacted more strongly, uh, when I told him, I was like, yeah, two, maybe three times a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a regular thing. Well, they do have that light menu, you know, of tasteless cardboard, even more tasteless than cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the light menu that's covered in dust. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. somebody, they, they just look at you like, we don't, oh, we do. <laughs> they have to like, go back into a vault where they keep like the Ark of the Covenant and shit yeah. to find like the low fat stuff. You grab your taco and you're unwrapping and you go, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, here's your light taco, weirdo. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, awesome. Uh, well, we're going to be doing our What's Under Doorstep uh, segment here very soon. We didn't we'll, even announce this as a fucking Christmas episode. But yeah, well, that's what I'm doing right now. What the fuck we'll, is wrong with us? Lay out, we'll, we're going to lay out the rest of the, rest Jesus of the Christ, time here. Jesus Christ, fucked up. Uh, Josh Overshaw is going to be back with some news. Um this arrow is going to be dropping a shit ton of uh, announcements here soon, so he'll be running through those. And uh, then we'll be talking about our favorite Christmas horror movie moments, followed by our uh, top movies of 2016. And this is covering, I think, all genres, right, Brad? Absolutely. All right. So those Wait, are you all who, genres? Th- yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Wait, I did guess. I not say that? Oh no! I, I picked my top horror films. That's fine. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, 
It's all good. If there's other stuff that pops in there, then, you know, obviously if you felt strongly about something else and it's on your mind, you can bump it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's all genre. Sorry, I should have clarified that. The problem is I haven't seen enough horror movies that came out this year to even do well, a top we've always three. done we've always done all but, genres um, but yeah even on our top 10 yeah, so it's all good so, so, don't cool. make an excuse what's, what's this podcast called again screencast <laughs> yeah so okay, those cool. of you who are like oh, i don't listen to podcasts that don't talk all horror you can just fuck off for this episode okay <laughs> we haven't talked about all horror for the longest time i know i know, I know. All, all our like all the all the hardcore horror guys have moved that all changed today. when we had Brian Sauer on the show because every time we'd mentioned something, he would drop some knowledge on some <laughs> 1950s drama with like, and it would be like cool. Now I think we cover I think we cover genre. You know what I mean? We're with it, yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. You know, We lean towards horror, but we. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, I I guarantee that all of mostly probably nine out of ten are genre films. Well, yeah, just, most of mine are too. So right. So, anyways, all right. Yeah. So, yeah. what are we doing first on this? Bitch? Let's uh, let's find out what's on our doorstep. Holy cow, I almost forgot. We'll get the door. Pizza. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Alright. Go ahead, Sean. I'll, I'll go. Well, we didn't do it last time, but I actually watched some movies. I've been, been trying I've been trying to play catch up. Like I said last week, I've redone my podcast room so i actually have a full-on shelf for what's uh for my to watch pile is basically a blu-ray shelf a uh how many shelves one two three four yeah four rows of blu-rays on my to watch pile so i've been trying to blow through these and watch them and try to get some organization so um around the on thanksgiving morning i actually finally watched arrow's blu-ray of blood rage and we, we talked about this last year. Yeah. And I finally yeah. watched it. I watched the, uh, what was it? The, uh, the cut where they combine the TV and the theatrical. The, um, night or, uh, night at Shadow Woods or whatever. No, it's night called. at Shadow Woods is the, th- is the, is the TV, is not, is the theatrical version. I guess there's the one. Oh. There's, 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 I don't, I, I can't keep up. I, I was, I stood here, I, I like sat here looking at the case like for the, 10 minutes trying to figure out which one I was going to watch. And I guess there's the, there's the unrated cut, the director's cut or whatever. Then there's the theatrical cut. And then there's the composite cut. Who would think that we live in a world that has fucking four versions of blood rage on Blu-ray. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, uh, a ton of fun. This is going to become a Thanksgiving tradition. I think, um, we, we, we talked about it a ton last year on our, uh, one of our arrow episodes. So track that episode down. I'll put it in the show notes. But uh, love it. Uh, it's definitely not cranberry sauce, and uh, there's a lot of fun to be had on it. I can't believe this thing's on Blu-ray. It's ridiculous. What I a, have never seen world. this one. It's, it's uh, really great. Yeah, it's on my list, definitely. It's basically a, a slasher, you know, involving twins, and uh, it's just fantastic. And the, it's, and the mom, mom it's, eating. Uh, <laughs> The mom sitting food on the floor that night with the with the refrigerator doors open and just just surrounded by Tupperware, just eating food, uh, is a place that I've been in myself. So uh, you know, there's a lot I can relate to in this film, uh, except for the murder, uh, the mass murder. But um, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's some fantastic gore gags in this flick. Uh, it's you know, it's 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 cheesy as hell. It's funny. It's as a shit. lot of fun. Oh my gosh. So. 
the next flick I watched, this is a Kino Lorber release, I believe is with Scorpion. Um, it's called The Rift. And this was came out, this came out the same year as The Abyss and Leviathan and Deep Star 6. This is, uh, one of the four underwater movies that came out that year. What year? That's, that's the one I didn't see. 1989. <laughs> it's the one I didn't see either. Wait, so. is that, is that Endless Descent? Uh, I believe it's also, yeah, it was also called Endless Descent. God, that movie blows. <laughs> it's, uh, not a good flick. It's the lesser, no, it's, not. it's the lesser of the, of the four. That movie's boring as fucking fall. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, Endless Descent. Yeah, R. Lee look- Emery is in it, and he's like he's reined in. Like he tries to, you know, bring the crazy a little bit, but he's a little bit reined in. And they have one scene where one of the guys says, "Like, uh, well, it's like you're telling me to suck a golf ball through a garden hose." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, you- it's weird." They just referenced Full Metal Jacket with, you know, with <laughs> R. Lee Emery standing right there. It's a really odd choice. But the one thing I liked about it, I mean, it's a batshit film. It gets, there are some stretches of some boredom, but the creature effects, if you're a fan of creature effects near the end, the back half of the film, uh, they're a lot of fun. There's, uh, they find a bunch of like round pods full of these, uh, you know, it's basically an alien ripoff, right? It's, it's like alien and aliens underwater, like, like most of these. But they're like, there's yes. these like round, like they look like fish eggs filled with these little embryos. And like the, the, some of the effects are pretty dang cool, but, um, I dug it for what it was, but I like crap B movies. Uh, if you, know, you go whatever. on my Instagram and you go back like two years, <laughs> there's like <laughs> videos of me making fun of this really? uh, movie. Yeah. <laughs> there's like four or five videos that I make, like recording the dumb shit that they say. <laughs> and I do remember there's this one where like you see one of the aliens <laughs> and I look at the camera and go, is that jelly? <laughs> and I crack myself up. But like, that movie fucking sucks so much. I, you know, that's uh, the thing. Like, you know, there's movies that I enjoy that I know are bad, but I enjoy them. This is one of them. Like, it's not a good film, but for for me, there's a lot I could appreciate and have fun with and laugh at. So you don't say me, it's bad. It's if you enjoy, you enjoy a movie. No, I I enjoy you know? a movie. Like, I don't believe in that bad. so bad. It's good. I don't no, no, believe in that. Either you enjoy it or you don't. No, no, no. No, no. No, I mean, it's, you could still, I think you could still acknowledge that it's a bad film and still enjoy it. That's exactly what I do. Not so bad it's good, though. Not where you're laughing at it. I mean, I've got plenty of those where it's like, yeah, you know, it's not, I know it's a bad film, but I still just enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly where I am. Even with Independence Day Resurgence, I don't give a shit. Shut the fuck up, Sean. <laughs> God damn it. I was with uh, you on this whole defending bad movies thing. Ah. Uh, until. Look, I watched it with my kids. They had a, it was a fun family time. I can't, I can't oh, shit on that. Was it you fucking warped their minds? They're probably gonna kill you at night. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next up, uh, this is coming out, I believe Screen Factory's gonna release this, and then they're gonna fuck up the audio, and then they're gonna release, like, another disc, <laughs> like, you know, a replacement disc. But, uh, I watched, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Virus. This, I have a German release of Virus. Which gets a little weird because, like, at the beginning, it's all, it's like a Russian sub at the beginning, and they're all talking to Russian. So, like, German subtitles pop up. So I'm like, I don't know what the hell they're saying, but, uh, like, four subtitles. But who cares? Like, you get the idea, right? Something happens and the, they all die, right? But, um, it looked, it looked pretty good. Like, I'm, I don't know what's, if Screen Factory, I don't think they're doing a collector's version of it, so they'll, they'll add some special features to it. 
uh, I believe. But, uh, you know, I mean, not a, not one of the best uh, 90s, you know, kind of sci-fi-ish things, but mm-hmm. uh, there's enough I there. I got a soft spot for that movie. Well, no, there's enough there that I, I really dig, especially like the I – mean, did Stan Winston, was he involved in this? Yeah, I believe so. He had to have been because once, you know – the the effects near the end are, are fantastic. I don't know, man. There's a yeah. few '90s movies that are based on ships that I really like. Yeah, like fucking Ghost Ship. I like this. I what? like Ghost um, Ship. Oh, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like I, um, uh, Deep Rising. You know, <laughs> Deep Rising's great. <laughs> but anyways, um, no, I I remember being like super excited about Virus before it came out, and I don't know if you guys remember. I had to look it up to confirm this because I thought it was crazy, but there was like a huge like merchandising blitz for this they, movie. They marketed this thing hardcore. There were like toys, uh, really? graphic novels, a video game on the PlayStation. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember uh, seeing some of the action figures. They're probably like collector's item right now because who the hell would have bought them? <laughs> it this would be bombed hard. It bombed hard. I remember, and I, I believe I, I don't, I, I rented the VHS when it came out, and we were all excited. And I saw that shit in theaters, bitch. Yeah, and at the time, you know, I, 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 I still had my movie. Ticket. I didn't appreciate it, but I appreciate it for what it is. It's the same thing. Like these movies are all like to me, like you know, like I, I can acknowledge that they're not the greatest things in the world, but there's enough in them for me to to latch onto. And and Jamie Lee Curtis, like I pretty much. You know, she's always she's always on point whenever she's in a flick, and uh, Donald Sutherland's in this too, right? <laughs> these and movies are like William only Baldwin, like, man, like ten bucks for these toys. Yeah, they're <laughs> cheap, right? Nice. Yeah, very nice. Uh, all right, moving along. I finally watched uh, the Scream Factory release of Ghost Town about a Ooh. sheriff that uh, tries to find a missing girl. And somehow gets caught into this town, a ghost town, with uh, real ghosts. It's not the one with Ricky Gervais from like. <laughs> not the one with Ricky Gervais. Is he in a movie called Ghost Town? He does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, from 2008. Nice. Uh, yeah, this one's a bit slow. Uh, yeah, no bit, shit. Bit Didn't you hear me snoring? Um, I, like, the idea of it is better than the execution. So. And it's bare bones. So I'll be listing this on eBay very soon. If you want to buy it, buy it from me, just hit me up on Twitter and uh, oh my God. we'll work out a deal. Now we're selling stuff. <laughs> so they're, they're, uh, I'm, I'm trying the to find is great. this. Is, is, this uh, uh, is this the one with the, the skeleton in boots? Yeah. From the 80s? Yeah. Oh, man, I think I saw that Like when it originally hit VHS. Oh, no way. Like The idea is fantastic. Like It looks... It looks great, and you know the villain guy is, is kind of fun, but it's basically it, it just turns into a western, you know, with a little bit of a supernatural element, yeah. but but not a good western, you know what I mean? Like um, they just didn't have the budget, you know, to really open things up, and you know it's all stuck in that town. But I mean, you know, the idea uh, there's a few cool little like gags in it, but um, yeah, it's pretty boring. It was one of those things where I had it on VHS, and I thought that I liked it. And then I upgraded to the Blu-ray, and then I was like, fuck. <laughs> this bare bones, too. Like, this is, like, straight-up bare bones, and I'm kicking myself. That's fine. I probably fine. spent 20 bucks on this thing. Uh, I have this rule that I try to stick to, that if there's something that, like, a movie or, or a cartoon or a video game or something, that when it was a kid, I thought it was dumb, then I just stay away from it. Because <laughs> it's probably it's like, even dumber. It, 
If it didn't entertain me when I was like nine years old, then no. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sir, like I have a thing with that. Like, you know, have you watched Three Ninjas lately? Like, that movie seen sucks. Seen shut up, Brad. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Tum, oh, tum, Space Jam, bro. Space oh, Jam, God. bro. Fuck Space Jam. Exactly. All right. Um, <laughs> and finally, I. <laughs> Finally, uh, I've had this Blu-ray for a while. It's a Code Red release. It's called White Ghost. Oh, dude, White Ghost is fucking great. By the star of, uh, what was that TV show he was in? Uh, Last American Hero or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, Greatest American Hero. William Cat. Greatest American Hero. William Cat. Yeah, he was in uh, um, House. Yeah. Uh, This movie is fucking awesome. I I wish it was released by a better company. It was more accessible. Cause this thing's a lot of fun. This guy, uh, a Vietnam, he's like a Vietnam, uh, he's a soldier of Vietnam and for some reason stays in Vietnam. Uh, so he's been living in the wilds of Vietnam for like 15 years. Uh, the government for some reason, I can't remember, decides they need to bring him back cause he may have some intel. They hire like a team of like assassins to go in and rescue him, but then they end up fighting him and, uh, it's a lot of fun. He's great. Uh, the the action's fantastic. This is the uncut version, so there's some extra gore that I can totally tell. Like, was you know plugged back in, but um, just like not not just it was like it was jarring or anything, but it was like just gratuitous for gratuitous sake, and it's fucking awesome. So a lot of fun. Uh, good action flick for those of you out there. If uh, the Code Red store is ever open, or if they ever have this listed on Screen Archives or whatever. Uh, well, they opened Ronin. Rabbit. They opened. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. They opened uh, and free shipping, so they Ronin. don't build us and charge ten dollars for a Blu Ray now. That's good. I, there's not much on that store yet, so they'll get there. Yeah. Well, because Code Red big cartels down all the time. Yeah, but you can get House on the Edge of the Park on there, which okay. is great. So, but uh, if you ever see White Ghost anywhere, um, grab it. Don't. Spend a shit ton of money on like eBay. Don't get scalped for it. But uh, like all these coders are always way more expensive than they should be on eBay. But uh, this is a lot of fun. This is one of the one of the movies that I can highly recommend from Code Red. But um, it looks great too. So yeah, that's another one where I I remember seeing the cover uh, in the video store, like <laughs> you know, way back in the day, and uh, just thinking. Uh, I'll stick with, uh, what was it? Uh, Probably uh, three ninjas, like an idiot. <laughs> now, what, what was the, <laughs> oh, uh, missing in action. Yeah. 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 I oh, mean, yeah. It, it, it's, this is a better movie than like miss, missing in action. It's better than, uh, it's better than Rambo three for sure. This is a better Rambo sequel than Rambo three. Maybe even Rambo 2. I could whoa, maybe even whoa. go there. I no, could maybe even go there. Dude, Rambo 2 is better than Rambo. Let's, <laughs> I know. let's not say anything. Blood. Let's not say anything we regret. Okay? <laughs> I know. Huh. But listen back to this and be like, ah, fuck, what was I thinking? I know you're stressed right now. You're at the end of your Do world. Do you really but... think that Rambo 2 is better than First Blood? No. First okay. Blood is the best. First Blood is great. Rambo 2 is fun. Rambo 3 is shit. All right. It's a bad movie. It's, it's a bad, it's a bad movie. Except where he cauterizes the wound, because that is metal. <laughs> I don't know, man. I kind of prefer Rambo Two over First Blood. I, I okay. I'm not. I can't really like indict you for that. No, but no. I, I don't agree. But I'm Rambo Two is entertaining as hell. 
Yeah. I mean, he shoots a dude with an exploding arrow. I mean, a lot of people don't really have an appreciation for what a landmark that movie was. I mean, that was one of those punctuated moments in the evolution of action films right up there with Die Hard. Yet Die Hard gets so much more respect uh, because Die Hard's amazing, right? But uh, that was one of those where you watch it kind of like The Matrix, you know, where it's just like, oh, Everything is different now. Oh, no, uh, yeah, no, I agree. I, but honestly, dude, like, if they would have kept that ending where he kills himself. Oh, the first like, one? Yeah. Oh, right. That would have been fucking epic. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have Rambo 2. Yeah, but I would be, like, here's the thing. It's like one of those things where I would have been okay with it. Like, for example, Halloween 1 and 2. I like Halloween 2. Yeah. Better than probably Halloween most of the time. Every I, I flip flop every once in a while. I still think they're both great films. But if they never would have made Halloween two because you know Michael Myers actually does get shot and falls <laughs> out the window, I would have been okay with that. Yeah, I I, I, I can agree with that. It's one of those things. You know, I would I would have been okay if fucking Michael Myers should die the way he should have after he gets shot in the face twice and burned alive in <laughs> Halloween two. Yeah, I would have been okay with that. But I'm glad he's back. You know, uh, fantastic. All right, that's uh, oh, uh, oh, a couple more things real quick. Oh, I, my daughter, my daughter has been on this journey through uh, through horror. Like I'm introducing her to horror flicks, and so last weekend she was like, "Dad, I want to watch a horror movie." So I was like, "All right, cool." Um, you know, so I I gave her a choice. I had The Gate or I had Joe Dante's The Hole, and cool. She was like kind of flip flopping between the two. I figure, you know, that she was kind of, I, she'd heard me talking about the hole with somebody. Um, and she's like, well, let's just watch the hole. And I was like, all right, cool. Watch the hole. So we sat down and we watched it and she, she loved it. She, um, of course that little creepy clown jester thing was the scariest thing for her. But, um, but it's fun like navigating through horror with her. So like this weekend, her and I are probably going to watch the gate. This is kind of, it, I was going to try to do like a double feature. So they'd make a great double feature, but, um, they're very much cut from the same cloth. Oh yeah, totally. So we'll, we're gonna watch the gate, and then I'm gonna be going through, you know, all my all my movies and and moving all the kid centric, you know, stuff that she can watch um, to like a certain area. And her and I are gonna kind of move through and you know get braver and braver each week. So she really wants to see like the Conjuring movies, and I'm like, well, we gotta work our way up to Conjuring. <laughs> yeah, but, walk, um, walk before you run. Yeah, yeah. And then we also watched Beetlejuice, and that was a hit with her um, as well. So, uh, you know, fun, fun having kids, and and you know, when they get to the age, like she's 11, so it's been it's been fun kind of navigating through this stuff with her. Come on, it's time for Chainsaw. I know, right? <laughs> Do it. We'll get there. We'll get Throw there. Throw her into the deep end. That's the only way they'll learn. <laughs> All right, Brad, what you got, man? Okay, I'll go. Um, <laughs> I don't actually have much. Um, so I watched... 20 as opposed to 50. No, 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 no. Um, so... I Let me see here. I watched um, Joe Sarno's second uh, film called Sinew Sinners. Um, this was released by Phil Movement on um, Blu-ray, which this has released on DVD back in the day, but there's only one surviving print of this film, um, and it's beat to shit. 
but Film Movement did their best in order to, you know, do a transfer and release this on Blu-ray, which it looks fantastic. It is beat up and cut up, and, um, I mean, it's really bad, but it's the best this film will ever, ever look, um, which is, it's definitely Sarno's weakest film out of every, everything he's done. If you're familiar with him, he's big on, you know, sexploitation, exploitation, um, making things getting, getting a little weird with you. Um, and this is one of these, uh, films where he likes to get really weird because it, honestly, the film is, it was kind of a disaster because he came in as, um, kind of the save the project because the director left. So the director wanted to kind of do more something like straightforward, like with kind of witches and shit like that. And then, Sarno came in and was like, well, I'm going to make this kind of a titty flick. Um, and he has... Can't argue not, with that. Yeah, well, it's it's different because he was using older women rather than, you know, some young mm-hmm. 20-year-old lady. He was using ladies in their 40s and 50s, yeah. which was... You can't um, knock experience. No, 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 not at all. And, I mean, they're, they're pretty ladies. But um, it was just kind of different from from when this movie came out in like nineteen uh, sixties, early sixties, having that. Um, and it was more underground than anything; it wasn't anything mainstream. But um, definitely an interesting uh, film. I'm not going to say if it's good or bad because it's very it's just ludicrous uh, the plot and the things that happen. Um, but Film Movement released it as pairing with uh, his other film called Vampires Ecstasy, which I have not watched yet. Um, but, um, Sinew Sinners is worth it enough because he, he's a great, he's a great director and he's, I think he's on par with like Jack Hill and stuff like that. He just doesn't get the notoriety he, uh, deserves, which if you, you were quick on the, pull the trigger on all the sins of Sodom from Vinegar Syndrome, which was limited to a thousand, that's one of his films as well. Um, I mean, he's got a big catalog, so just dive in, pick something. And I, I mean, I'm going to start with 21 Hump Street. <laughs> Actual I not, title. I have not seen 21 <laughs> Hump Street, but he's a, he's a bizarre dude. And a lot of people like, um, you know, really channeled him when they were making his, their films like, you know, Herschel Gordon Lewis and Andy Sedaris, uh, Ted Mickles, all those guys were Sarno fans. And, you know, they took, Elements of what Sarno did and made their own. Uh, and you, has, you can kind of uh, see it. He has 122 credits yeah, to his he's, name. He's a, uh, he was very active. So, um, and then I got around to, oh boy. Um, I got around to watching Night of the Living Deb. Okay. Um, hmm. Which I thought might be funny. Um, Janice loved it. She was uh, <laughs> she was a huge fan. Um, but it is about a woman who get ends up with a one night stand with um, you know a guy. Obviously, she's falling around the bar. They sleep together, of course. They wake up, and there's a zombie apocalypse going on. And they deal with their kind of relationship as a one night stand where she wants to, you know, continue to hang out. 
he has kind of another life on this side of, ha- you know, being engaged and shit like that. And while they're trying to survive the zombie apocalypse, it's supposed to be funny. Ray Wise is in it. He's pretty entertaining in it. Um, but it's whatever, you Ray, know. Ray Wise, Ray Wise had some bills to pay, apparently. Some debts to pay oh, off. Well, he has a lot of debt to pay off because he's in a lot of movies like that. <laughs> um, he just shows up in the weirdest places. Um, and then I watched, uh, dusted off my VHS because Willow has never seen prehistoria and prehistoria is one of those lost films that like, I thought everybody knows it and likes it, but you'd be surprised at how many people have not seen prehistoria. They know of it once. I've not seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it either. See, this is weird because I thought prehistoria was one of those films that, was extremely popular near, you know, around the homeward bound time and, you know, Beethoven. It's just one of those kids movies that there was plenty of copies on the shelf. And I is thought that like everybody a, was like it. animatronic robot or not robots, dinosaurs or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm oh, a little, okay. old, I'm a little older than I'm a little older than you guys. And, uh, when this was uh, released, I was about to graduate high school. So I was, I took one look at this and just said, Fuck off. Uh, well, Fuck off. How, how old are you? you? You need, number one, you need to relax. I know. Um, <laughs> see, no, see, this was me when I was like, you know, angry, like 17 year old listening. But in- were you watching I- horror films though at that time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Right. Well, Charles Band was behind this. Oh, God. Then I would have said, Fuck off twice. <laughs> oh, Charles Band was not the oh person he was back when you were seven. I think I've old. seen this. I just, I'm looking at the VHS cover right now. 93, so I was in, uh, I was a few years from graduating high school. Oh, okay. I, I, I must have rented this maybe, but I, the cover, yeah, I totally. All right, I was cover. nine and I fucking loved it. So, okay. All right. I, I was, I was like 17. So. so, Last Action Hero Kid, um, ends up with, uh, five dinosaur eggs and they hatch and they're actually all real dinosaurs. It's just that with how they were preserved, they don't grow. Um, so there's a T-Rex, there's a Pterodactyl, Triceratops, Stegosaurus, and a Brontosaurus. And they're all named after singers. Um, you know, what? Elvis, Madonna, yeah. Okay. Um, so anyways, it's just a fun, cute little movie where he tries to protect his dinosaurs. Because the guy that, you know, actually found them, um you know, wants to, you know, obviously show them off in a museum and make, you know, millions of dollars off of them. Hey. Uh, is it fun... on the shelf, like, right next to Mac and Me? <laughs> it's very, very close. I, uh, speaking of Mac and Me, uh, I I made a fake shout, a fake, like, Shout Factory collector's edition Blu-ray picture, and I sent it, uh, I just blasted it out on the internet, and uh, uh, our good friend Zach... Uh, thought it was real. <laughs> hey, he actually you know tweeted what? at Shout Factory, and hey, you, <laughs> he immediately responded like, "No, who posted that?" You know, <laughs> people love Mac and me. It's ridiculous. Um, but if you haven't seen Prehistoria, Charles Band was behind it. It's just a goofy little kids movie that's uh, better than Three Ninjas. There is a trilogy of this. Yes, there is. One takes place at a golf course. <laughs> Wait, it's uh, it's really good. Tr- a trilogy of prehistoria. Pre- prehistoria. 
Are you serious? They're all prequels to Chronosaur. <laughs> Carnosaur. So, anyways. wait, wait, wait. Chronosaur or Carnosaur? Carnosaur. Okay, because Chronosaur, I'm like, so there's a movie about it, like a time traveling T Rex. Chronosaur would be amazing. Oh, I said Chronos. Sorry, Carnosaur. Write that shit down. We're making a movie. I'm in. I'm all the way in. <laughs> so, anyways, Chronosaur. Watch, watch it. <laughs> watch Prehysteria, uh, Jason, and let me know what you think. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so right now, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. I mean, you already talked about uh, Waxworks, and you know that 720p looks really good. Shut up. Just saying. I think it looks all right. I don't understand. What, I don't know what you're saying. Uh, for 27.99, paying for a Blu-ray when you can easily rent it on uh, Vudu or but buy it's it. a double feature. And there's some good special features. I don't really, a, I don't really give a fuck. Is it a double feature with Waxwork Two? Yeah, you got robbed. <laughs> well, here's the thing: is that I'm a big fan of the movie, and of course, I always support you know physical media. But it really pisses me off when these companies are obviously taking advantage of the people. I know it's a business. Well, but man, come on! Like even twenty seven ninety nine, you could say double feature. But the other fucking Lionsgate titles are twenty seven ninety nine. Yeah, it looks like the newest ones. Um, These are higher than Code Red, for Christ's sake. Uh, parents and uh, uh, the freaking what's that one? The Layer of the White Worm. Layer of the White Worm. They're listed right now, I believe, at twenty four ninety nine on Amazon. Maybe down to twenty two ninety nine. What if you just buy them off Grindhouse Video? I'm just, I'm just saying. I just, I don't know how much Grindhouse Videos Video is going to sell them. I'm just saying. I'm noticing because. You know, Fuck they're Amazon. dropping in price. Fuck Amazon. So hopefully the distributors are they're getting better. You know, we're gonna uh, put a margins. ban on mentioning Amazon on the show. I'm just saying because I saw it the other day listed at that price, and that's the lowest I've ever seen any of these Vestron video ones. Because even on Amazon, they've been like thirty to thirty-five. What did bucks. I just say? <laughs> <laughs> Grindhouse um, Video has been listing them at about twenty-seven ninety-nine. Which I'm right. fine with paying because I'm supporting Mike, so fuck off. Yeah. But um, so, but uh, waxworks. Hopefully they these all start dropping in price and get a little more, you know, reasonable for sure. I, I mean, agree. I mean, they're, they're expensive. Thirty bucks, like thirty yeah. bucks for a Blu-ray is, you know, it, it's tough. It's yeah, that's, and I understand uh, there's a double double feature, but like it's just when like. I just I just have a problem with that. Like I I, I want to support physical media and I want to support Lionsgate for doing this because we're obviously going to get a lot of great titles. Um, but I think this is going to be one of these things that you can easily just go on Vudu and look at all the HD movies that are on there, and that's exactly what you are going to get on Blu-ray. Or you just listen to our old segments, stream screams, because right. Um, <laughs> what is it? Five out of seven titles they're releasing, we've actually talked about on the show. Yeah, but like with these though, I'm I'm actually interested in the the special features if they have any. I, I know um, special features can go fuck off. The the I thought the waxwork was one was really fun. Like I loved diving into that. I will watch them and maybe that will be the redeeming thing for me, but I don't, I just want the movie to look good. You know, if I don't and it know, does, if, if you put the thing is, 
I own it on Voodoo. If you put David Warner <laughs> in something, it's got my attention. Yeah. Like Teenage Turtles 2. Watched, <laughs> watched it in the theater. I was there. I was too. I'm not going to lie. Wasn't but, good. Um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, let's jump into news with Josh Obershaw, and we'll come back and talk about our favorite Christmas horror movie moments and talk about our best of 2016. Right, uh, Josh Obershaw joins us now with uh, some news. It's been, a, it's been a little bit because we skipped last week. So, Josh, welcome back. Back again. How's it going? <laughs> Good. Good. All right. Shit. Where do we start? Um, <laughs> I know, huh? All right. Why don't we start with the um, with some uh, Arrow news because. Um, this past Friday, Arrow just announced their uh, March titles. And, um, hmm. Well, first of all, they've got, uh, was it the Dead or Alive trilogy from, uh, um, Takashi, was it Takashi uh, Miike? Yeah, Takashi Miike. He's got, <laughs> uh, the Dead or Alive trilogy coming from Arrow. And, um, there's a high definition digital transfers for all three films, uh, original uncompressed stereo audio. There's a new interview with uh, Riki Takeuchi, a new interview with uh, actor Sho Aikawa, a new interview with producer and screenwriter Toshiki Kimura, a new audio commentary for Dead or Alive by uh, me. Miyake biographer Tom Mez, some uh, archive interviews with the cast and crew, some making up featurettes, and uh, this one's going to be coming out in the U.S. on March 14th and in the U.K. on March 13th. Awesome. And uh, the U.K. is also getting pieces. They're getting their own uh, Blu-ray of pieces. It's a brand new 4K transfer. You got two versions of the feature, the U.S. theatrical version and the uncensored director's cut presented in Spanish with the original score. You've got original English and Spanish mono audio, and you got an alternate rescore by Umberto. There's no last name. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> Got a uh, brand new audio commentary with the Asteria uh, Continues. It's exactly what you think it is. It's a brand new featurette. And a brand new interview with uh, art director Gonzalo Gonzalo. Pieces of One, a career-spanning interview with director Juan Piquer Simon. It looks like it's all the um, all the bonus features that's going to be on the Grindhouse Um the Greenhouse Blu-ray that was released here in the States. Oh, okay. But and no puzzle. Include... So. Well, the thing is, though, uh, Arrow's <laughs> putting out a very, very special deluxe edition that does include the puzzle. Oh, and... man. And a 12-inch vinyl of the soundtrack. Oh. Wow. Nice. But here's the thing, though. Uh, Arrow is also putting out the um, 
the entire house collection in March. Mm-hmm. But that's only for the UK. Yeah, it's House 1, House 2, then House 3, which was uh, released by Scream Factory under... Um, oh, shoot, what was the name of it? We covered the Horror it Show. Yeah, yeah, The Horror Show. And then there's the made-for-TV House 4, which I don't know... Which hasn't come to Blu-ray at all, as far as I know, here in the States, which is odd that they left it out of the U.S. version. Because the U.S. version is only going to be House 1 and House 2. So this, if you're, if you've ever been, uh, waiting to get a region free player, I would say like now is the time to get it. <laughs> if you want this release. Cause it's almost I like, agree. it's almost like making the U.S. release mute. Cause it's like, I don't know, like the, the UK set is so cool. Like with all of them in one package. I don't know. I mean, I well, guess. Do remember, well, do you remember when we were talking about, uh, the initial announcement that they were going to be releasing the house collection. Yeah. And I brought up the point that, okay, house three was released in the U S as the horror show and uh screen factory already had that release. Mm-hmm. So I was n- not clear on how that was going to go about, but I, I guess, I guess now we have our answer. Well, I would imagine this means that there must be a house for, release coming from somebody somebody holds the rights in the u.s for that that is true i'll bet you it's code red <laughs> oh my god that would be that would be perfect if they're the ones <laughs> holding the rights to house four. Oh my gosh we'll see what happens but in the in the meantime man i've i've been telling everybody like just go in on the on the uk set hands down i mean unless you're not a fan of the others if you're not a fan of house four like you know, but I mean, I, I've never seen House Four. Who knows? But it, it's just a fun set to have to have all four of these crazy. Like, I never even knew. Like, I I only thought there'd be there was House One and House Two. I never thought of the other connections until the horror show came out, and then I never even thought about House Four. I never even really, I guess, realized there was another one. So, I don't know. For me, I'm I'm going all in on on the deluxe for sure. Well, this was another franchise that I never got past uh, number two, yeah. so I was always curious about number three and number four. And when I heard that Arrow was going to be putting out uh, the entire collection, I was like, okay, this is a chance for me to watch the whole entire series. But it looks like we're not going to get that in the U.S., so this is a great way for people who are sort of on the fence about getting a region-free region player – excuse me – this would be a good time to do that. Yep. And if you're, and I, I get a lot of people on social media stuff asking me where I got mine. Like, if you ever want to research region free players, like the best place is 220electronics.com. It's 220-electronics.com. And I mean, there's a bunch of info on there, and you have to realize that there's an extra surcharge to make the Blu-ray portion, I guess, mm-hmm. region free, because the prices are a little bit misleading. But there's like an 800 number or you can call them directly in order. And what I did was I just called them up on like a Saturday, Saturday morning, I think. And I was just like, hey, I want to, I want to read your free Blu-ray player. Um, here's what I got. Here's what I'm looking for. I don't want anything too crazy. I want the best player, biggest bang for my buck. And they recommended me like just a Sony, you know, the one that's one that has wireless. You can set it up wireless internet and it came with some, you know, preloaded with like Netflix and all that stuff. And it, you know, it, it was, I think it was like 130 bucks. 
I mean, Blu-ray players like are so cheap now, but you're, you're basically paying yeah. for them to mod the thing, the basically the labor, right? Pretty and, much. Uh, but he he gave me a, a price lower than what was on the website. So if you have the time, if you're not, if you if you're cool with just calling them up, you may get a better deal out of it, and um, all all the way around, and they're just super knowledgeable. Like if you don't know where to start, like the guy I talked to was like very cool. So, um, I'll say, uh, go that route, 220 Electronics. Sounds good. But also, the, um, Arrow's also going to be putting out a, um, you remember that box set, Death Walks in High Heels and Death Walks at Midnight? Well, uh, they're going to be... I'm looking at it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they're going to be putting out uh, each of those movies individually in March as well. So you can get those movies individually. And, um, the only thing that's going to be missing is the 60 page booklet. Other than that is pretty much the, uh, the same special features yeah. for that. They so that's that all like most of their box sets. I feel like if they sold well enough, you you can always guarantee on a standalone. Very, very true. I just hope they don't do that with the American horror project because I feel like, um, yeah, that would defeat the purpose of calling it the American Horror Project if you're not going to highlight those particular films. I think they would have by now. Probably. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a fun discovery set. I love it. Totally. Okay, coming up next, we've got another one from uh, Severin. This one's called The Survivor. And the synopsis for this is, when a 747 crashed in the Sydney suburb, a still spectacular sequence that helped make this the most expensive Australian film of its time, (laughs) the Inferno kills everyone on board except the pilot, who emerges from the wreckage miraculously unscathed. But as a local psychic begins to communicate the spirits of the doomed passengers, it will unlock a nightmare of madness, murder, and supernatural horror. <laughs> nice. That's that's a synopsis. Totally. This one <laughs> is actually this one is actually coming out uh, pretty soon in 2017. This one's coming out on uh, January 10th from Severn, and it's a 2K restoration. Uh, not quite Hollywood. Extended interviews with producer. Uh, Anthony Giannani? Sure. And, and cinematographer John Sale. Let's see. The legacy of James Herbert. Robert Powell on James Herbert. It's a archive TV special on location featuring interviews with uh, stars Joseph Cotton and Peter Stummer. Archive TV interview with David Hemmings. An archive TV interview with David Hemmings and Robert Powell. And a TV spot and a trailer reel. Looks like this is going to be another good one from uh, Severn. That looks fun. I've never heard of this movie, <laughs> so I'm totally intrigued. Yeah. What I like about Severn uh, is they keep their prices like pretty decent, you know, because a lot of the times they're kind of titles you haven't really heard of that much, and you want to discover, and they're not, you know, it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to to take take a chance on it. That's true. I mean, uh. Like, uh, Doctor Butcher, MD, and uh, Barrel Ground are actually pretty cheap. Yeah. 
Next up, what we got is one from uh, 88 Films. This is one we told you about. It's called Enigma. This is a Lucio Fulci film. This one's coming out on March 27th, and it's a new 2K restoration with an uncompressed Italian soundtrack with uh, newly translated subtitles, an interview with uh, Lara Lombarda, and something called Lucio Fulci, a retrospective. Nice. I'm not sure if it's just a featurette or this is like a full-length thing, but oh well. Who's will take what we can get. 88 films. Oh, okay. So it's going to be a uh, regional lock. So just, just a warning. Yeah, their Italian collections, uh, pretty sweet. Yeah, it is. Especially with those, um, Italian sequels in name only. <laughs> yeah. Like alien two. Yes. I gotta okay, get that still. Fantastic. I hear it's awful, but uh, I can't wait to watch it. I hear it's awful too, but I saw the trailer. I'm like, okay, I'm down for that one. <laughs> okay, we got a couple of uh, updates from... Who is it? Uh, Scorpion Releasing. Yes, this is one that I wrote about... When was it? Like... Earlier this year, this may have been about May of this year, they're going to be putting out a Blu-ray of Don't Go in the House. This is one that's been been pushed back for a while now. And apparently it's coming out in January. We don't have an exact release date, but we do have the special features for that. It's a new HD scan of the original camera negative. We've got a new interview with uh, actor Robert Osht. A new featurette, Don't Go in the House, a tour of the Strass Mountain uh, Mansion. Excuse me. A new featurette, Ghost Hunting, the Strauss Mansion with uh, Greg Caggiano. An audio commentary with star Dan Grimaldi. An interview with Dan Grimaldi. A theatrical trailer and an alternate title card. So that is Don't Go in the House. But we also have some news about Silent Scream. They're going to be putting that on Blu-ray next year at some point. We don't have an exact release date for that. But there's a new 2K scan of the original uh, Interpositive, a reversible artwork, new audio interview with star Barbara Steele, uh, audio commentary with writers Ken and Jim Wheat and star Rebecca Balding. Audio interview with director Danny Harris. On-camera interview with Rebecca Balding and Ken and Jim Wheat. The original theatrical trailer, 5.1 surround. And the first 200 copies of this will include a slip cover featuring custom artwork by artist Nathan Thomas Milner. Nice. So when we get an exact release date for this, we'll let you know. But these two really, yeah, these two releases are really, really weird because these have been in the making for quite a while, but we never got an exact release date for either of these. Well, it looks like uh, Don't Go in the House is up on their new store, uh, RoninFlix.com, for order now. 
Oh. So it must have, they must have just, I believe they just finally released it without really letting us know. It's on that site with, uh, Slaughterhouse Rock, Happy Hell Knight, and, uh, the, and Mind Ripper, The Hills Have Eyes 3. So that's where you can find all the, uh, the Code Red new releases. Yeah. Then. Anything new that eventually will come out from here on out will show up at, on roninflix.com. And free shipping. So, I mean, I'd, I'd rather, uh, hopefully all the big cartel crap all heads over here. You know what I mean? Cause, um, uh, it, it, yeah, it totally. looks like, it looks like, uh, Walt from Scorpion may be kind of helping, you know, Bill from Code Red, like either he's taking over a little bit or getting things more organized because they're, they're slowly starting to get a little more organization. So <clears throat> that sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, next up is uh, Shout Factory. I got a couple of um, little tidbits for that company. Uh, let's start with uh, Screen Factory. They have a release date for What's the Matter with Helen, and that's going to be coming out on March 28th. Now, there's no other details on that one. But uh, Firestarter, there's some new artwork with that. We have a release date of March 14th, and it is going to be a 2K restoration. Hmm. And that, that just is came out on Blu-ray from like Universal or something. Someone, I'm wondering how different it's going to look. I'm not sure. I'm just waiting for the bonus features to come out yeah. for this one because this is one that I am really, really excited about. And okay. The artwork is the new artwork is okay, but I'm really, really hoping that the new bonus features will be spectacular. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm hoping they get an interview with Drew Barrymore because, all yeah. right, full disclosure: Drew Barrymore is my biggest celebrity crush. <laughs> she has been my biggest celebrity crush since I was eight years old, and it is because of this movie right here. Nice. Next up from uh, Screen Factory, RoboCop 2 and 3 are getting collector's editions. And they are both coming out on March 21st. Uh, <laughs> and no I know comments. you have some... Oh, really? They better have some damn good special features, especially 3. Like, I mean, the special features were literally... Save the third release. Like if they get an amazing interview with uh, uh, Decker, right? Fred Decker. Fred Decker, right? If yeah. They get an amazing yes. interview with him and and a and a documentary on how what like, what went wrong. <laughs> like all would be forgiven. Robocop Two is badass, and yes. I'll, I'll welcome any special features on that. I already own it, but um, Robocop Two gets a pass. But Robocop 3 is a collector's edition. I'm like, whoa, Screen Factory. <laughs> let's, let's, let's take it down a notch. Let's, let's settle down. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been a bonus feature on the Robocop 2 disc. <laughs> oh, burn. It should have, man. It's awful. It's an awful film. It is an awful movie, but I, I if I could get an interview with, uh, Robert John Burke, who right. took, o who took over for, um, Who took over for Peter Weller as yeah. Robocop. Yeah. yeah, and I think again, an interview with uh, Frank Miller, who was supposed to 
that's okay, right. suppose yeah, supposedly he wrote a draft for Robocop two and then Orion just said, nah, fuck this shit. <laughs> and did the same thing for Robocop three. It's just like I wanna hear the stories about that. I right. wanna hear the backstories behind both of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. If they could pull that together, I I would totally forgive all the shit that I have been given Screen Factory on this. <laughs> I, when I first saw this saw this announcement, like my eyes rolled so hard. <laughs> but they hey, they can save this. They have a chance. They have a chance to save it. They do. Kind of like the electors have a chance to save us from Donald fucking Trump. Oh, please. <laughs> it's not please. that bad, actually. It's not that bad. But, uh, no, it's not that bad. There's but... a chance to save these Robocop releases. They could be well worth the money. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. Okay, and last but not least, we have... Uh, okay, we talked about this the last time I was on and uh, it's vinegar syndromes, January blurry releases. We have the final list of titles and uh, the bonus features for all of these. Um, They had something planned for their January uh, package, but apparently I don't remember the title. So they had to get a to get rid of that and replace it with something else. But here is the final list of titles for their January releases. We've got Don't Answer the Phone. We've got a movie called Blue Money. I'm guessing it's porn. <laughs> uh, I, just look at the t- I just look at the cover. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, Blood Mania and Point of Terror. That's the double feature Ooh. that I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Let's see, Taboo 4. <laughs> and what else? There was another DVD uh, feature. Okay, Beyond DVD Shame. only. Oh, yeah, Beyond Shame, and there's a DVD only. Go for it. Which I believe is a included. Place Beyond Shame. A, a Place Beyond Shame, and there's one called uh, Go For It, which I believe is on the uh, Taboo 4 oh, okay. collection. But uh, don't answer the phone. Ugh. Talk about a scuzzy movie. <laughs> that era, man. I mean, was that 70? 70... 79. 79. Yeah. Th- there's that time where like all those movies are just like just grime covered. Yeah. Well, the thing with uh, don't answer the phone, though, where you've got movies like Maniac and Basket Case. Yeah. And I guess a little bit Taxi Driver. They have that sort of like New York scuzz. Mm hmm. Don't answer the phone has an L.A. scuzz. Okay. The L.A. scuzz is a little more bodily fluid induced or drenched, I feel like. Than New I believe so, yeah. Yeah. New Even York though, is just like dirt and smog and stuff, but L.A., there's that extra level of bodily fluid. It's a, it's a little bit more sweaty scuzz. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's just because of the summertime. It's hotter. Yeah, totally. <laughs> With Don't Answer the Phone, we got a 4K uh, restoration from the uh, 35mm original camera negative. We got an audio commentary with uh, Robert Hammer, who was the writer, director, and producer of the movie. 
we get a director's introduction and isolated scout uh soundtrack excuse me uh answering the phone this is a video interview with the oh my god it's a video interview with actor nicholas worth nice and we got a feature it called for what it's worth it's a career retrospective wow. with nicholas worth oh my god that may be wanna, worth price of the admission right there. I agree. Nicholas Worth, because, I just tweeted about him today because I was watching Action Jackson. and He's in that? Yes. Like, whenever he shows up in a flick, I'm like, this guy, you know, you know the movie's going to be awesome. He's like one of the best henchmen bad guys ever. He's always awesome. The first movie I remember this guy was in was Swamp Thing. <laughs> yes. He was Bruno. He's the guy that gets turned into the little pig midget. Oh man, that dude! This, seriously, that career retrospective, I think, <laughs> just sold me on this, hands down, <laughs> hands down. Because I think I just a, sold myself. There's that other character actor who's been in uh, Die Hard. He was also in Action Jackson. Action Jackson. Um, oh, martial arts Asian dude. What's his name? He always has like the food. Oh, Al Leong. Yes. We it's need to big trouble in Little China. Yes. I mean, there needs to be a career re- retrospective on him. And I believe somebody at some point was working on some sort of documentary, I think just called Henchmen, about all these guys. And I don't know whatever happened to that thing. I don't know what happened to that either, but I would just love a career retrospective on just Al Leong. Oh, I know. Because I, because I met Al Leong, and he is fucking awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Dude. Good stuff, man. I know, really? What a time to be alive. I know. (laughs) But that's all I got this week, Sean. All right, Josh. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Now, when the one has up a slave, how that feels we go, laughing all the way. There's a bump to bring, making spirits bright. Fun and it's a run and sing a slave song tonight. Sing a bell, sing a bell, sing a lot away. Well, what fun and it's a run and the one has up a slave. Sing a bell, sing a bell, sing a lot away. Well, what fun and it's a run and the one has up a slave. All right, so uh, we're going to be talking about our best of 2016 in just a little bit. But first, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about our favorite Christmas horror movie moments. Or moment. Moment, moment. I got one moment I'm going to talk about. I got one moment. Um, bro, what you got? No, you know, you've been, oh. talking, you've been talking a hell of a lot. Shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> mm. Jason, we got to go to Jason. What's your favorite Christmas horror movie moment? Oh. Uh- this is going to be weird, right? But this, I, I wanted to pick something non-traditional because... Oh, my God. Watch is going to be mine. <laughs> no. There, there is no way. There is absolutely no way. It's, you know, because you want to pick, like, everybody thinks, okay, well, he's going to go for something for Black Christmas or, or maybe Rare Exports uh, if you want to get a little obscure. Now, this one's super obscure and not horror, really, but it's creepy. It always creeped me out. It won't creep everyone out, but... Um, Hear me out. The last 
uh, Animagic, I think it was called, uh, movie from Rankin Bass was an ABC television movie. Wow. Uh, Did someone just, uh, get a thing in Zelda? Yeah, that's my, uh, yeah, sorry. That was me. Oh <laughs> I'm playing Zelda. Flashback. Well, you guys. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's called The Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Huh. And it's one of those, like, stop motion, uh, animation, uh, uh, like, uh, kind of like Rudolph, you know, or, or, you know, the, the heat miser and the cold miser and all that, uh, all that, uh, Rankin Bass stuff from like the seventies, you know, uh, but it's called the life and adventures of Santa Claus and it's bizarre, right? <laughs> it was, it's based on a story written by L Frank Baum, uh, wizard of Oz guy. Right. Uh, and, uh, it's about, uh, like a baby Santa Claus getting found in the forest by this immortal and he gives baby Santa to the li- this lion to raise and, uh, but is then adopted by this wood nymph. And uh, so you meet all of these like forest gods and stuff like that in this council. And there are all these like creepy stop motion things they are like goblins and, uh, demons. And there's one of like the demon of the wind or something like that. And it's, yeah, the king of the wind demons. No, that was what it was. And all these imps and all this stuff. And it's, it is fucking spooky. It's, it just real. I know it's a children's movie and a lot of people are just going to watch it and just go like, Oh, okay. This is quaint. And you know, it was like in the eighties or something like 85 or something like that. Uh, but you know, people would just watch it and go, Oh, sure. There's nothing to this, but man, I watch it and it just creeps me out. It's like, Oh, here's this kid getting, uh, raised by all of these immortals in the forest saying he's Santa Claus. <laughs> Nice. That's all I got. That sounds. <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to kind of watch that now because I like that type of creepy shit, or it's, you know, kind of that motion animation that is kind of, um, uh, I don't know, more not as mainstream as like the other stuff. Because I think even like you know, like you said, the Reckoning Bass stuff, like some of that stuff's really odd and like it's traditional. But if you were to watch that maybe without any music or dialogue, it's a little odd. Yeah, or especially like, a, like the bottomless snowman. That's a fucking shit's weird looking. <laughs> yeah, put t- turn the sound off and just put on like Joy Division or something like that. <laughs> turn all the lights out. Um, but you can get the Warner Archive Collection: Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, the double feature with the classic Nestor, the Christmas Donkey. Wow, which is Doing not creepy. It. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's a weird. It's like it's got this like weird kind of like spooky Lord of the Rings vibe. It's I don't know what to make of it. It is a very singular uh, film. It's super strange. Well, I think you just went the most obscure as you can get because I think you outdid me. Yeah. Right. So what's yours? What you got? Um, mine is very bizarre. Um, but it's not only one of my favorite Christmas moments, but it's one of my favorite moments in movie history. Oh, whoa. Top 10. Um, so we're going to start off with Silent Night, Deadly Night, part three, better watch out. Um, which now Ricky is played by the legendary Bill Mosley, um, who has this kind of glass dome thing over his head with some wires attached 
Flash, where he's this... Lick like, my plate, dog dick! It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good impersonation. Um, so he's going around uh, chasing this blind girl and uh, her sister, and there's this boyfriend named Chris. Um, well, in the film, uh, spoiler alert, Chris quote-unquote dies. And it's like, oh, no, Chris dies. So um, that said, now, go back uh, about the same year or even the year before. Um, I was younger at the time, but I was always into VHS tapes, as everybody knows. Um, so VHS was always around. Well, Memorex, uh, one of the brand uh, tapes out there, had a commercial uh, with this lady who's talking and then it realized that you're watching a video of her and then she shows it live and blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh my gosh, look how good this tape looks. It's not even live. It's me recorded. Well, the tagline for Memorex was, is it live or is it Memorex? Um, that said, in the film, when Chris pops up and he's not dead, before he, uh, you know, does his thing to Bill Mosley, he says the line out of nowhere, is it live or is it Memorex? And I get a kick out of this because probably only two people realized what he was actually talking about. It was just a really bizarre line for them to write in when it wasn't that popular to begin with. Like, I don't know how many people would be in the theater and be like, oh, shit, yeah, from that commercial. <laughs> um, but it was just like I've always loved that line. I just think it's really bizarre that they said it in the movie. And being that I was, you know, had to deal with VHS, I was, you know, obviously a fan. But it's just out of nowhere, and I love it. And it's just, it gets me every time, makes me smile. I just realized that I've never seen this movie because I looked it up and I've seen the cover a hundred times. Didn't even know Bill Mosley was in it. And I'm looking at the pictures because you said he's got like this dome on his head. And I'm like, okay, what could, what? <laughs> what? It's super fucking weird. Is like brains exposed and shit. He, he looks like he's about to fight the Fantastic Four. <laughs> he, he's like he looks like some like comic book '60s supervillain. Yeah, it's it's weird. Awesome. I gotta see like, it. Gotta see like it when you just don't think those movies can get any weirder, they progressively get weirder. <laughs> like I mean, one like I'm not even that big of a fan of uh, the original Silent Night Deadly Night. And then two was obviously just a rehash, and we just have Ricky saying Garbage Day, which is the highlight of the film. And then you have this one. And then the fourth one, it's just, that one's just really batshit crazy. But then five, you have the Toy Maker, which is just the fucking dolls coming up to life. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And then Mickey Rooney is in five, but Mickey Rooney was actually part of the big movement of trying to get the original band because there was all those mothers and Christians that were outraged that you were making Santa Claus a killer and like Silent Night Deadly Night had a lot of shit going on in the background when that film was released and Mickey Rooney was a huge part of that oh, and yeah. what does that fucking bastard do he ends up being basically the star of the fifth movie <laughs> like, can you think of any more like oh, Fuck it. He was I'll already at the point that that movie came out like 106. So he probably yeah. just forgot all about it. I yeah. shouldn't talk bad about him since he like, didn't he like just die? 
I think so. Yeah. Apparently he was a huge asshole. So whatever. <laughs> oh no, he died in 2014. He's been dead okay, for. It's been a couple of years. Yeah. We're good. Dick. <laughs> all right. Sure. Very nice. Um, mine, like I was like looking through all the Christmas horror movies and like, there's a lot that are still, I still need to see. Like I, uh, I still need, I, I want to see, uh, 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 Saint, right? Saint. Oh, Saint um, is great. I want to see, Michelle um, Kilmer. It's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see like elves and don't open till Christmas. Um, those are still like on my need to track down and watch for Christmas. Elves, but, you're not missing <clears throat> too much. Yeah. Don't not, open not, till not Christmas good. is a lot of fun. Not that good? Damn it. Well, there is a shortage in really good Christmas horror movies, and Ooh, I don't know about that. I, I, no. Well, I mean, they, they, you know, there should this should happen more often. I can with, at least name thirty. Well, with with Krampus and you know happening last last year, and then hopefully more come out. Uh, yeah. But not involving all Krampus. I mean, no, no, there there are thirty of them involving Krampus. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> like within the last two years, true. there's been like yeah. thirty movies with Krampus. So it's like let's 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 take a break from Krampus, everybody. It's you know, and move forward. But the one thing, like, I when I was trying to figure out what scene always sticks with me, and it's, like, the stupidest movie, but it's uh, it's the opening scene for 2005's Santa's Sleigh, where Santa, like, oh, is actually... Oh, Fucking James Caan and Chris Kattan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where Santa's actually, like, a devil or a demon. He lost a bet with an angel or whatever. Like he, So he was, like, cursed or whatever to be Santa Claus for a thousand years. And, of course, this year, like... He's, he's done, like it's the thousand and first year, so he can actually be himself. So he basically just goes around and kills people. Um, but the opening scene with Fran Dresser, Chris Kattan, uh, yeah, James Caan is just, it's like, you wish they would go a little more over the top. I don't know how they got that fucking cast in the beginning of that movie. Well, apparently, no, like, kidding. um, this was directed by, uh, a guy, by David Steinman, who, who's only directed this movie. He worked with um, uh, Brett Ratner on Rush Hour 2 and some of the Rush Hour movies, some of the Brett Ratner flicks, and Brett Ratner helped produce this flick because he had and the idea. And then Goldberg's in it. He plays Santa, the old wrestler. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess Dave, David Steinman had like this idea and ran it by Brett uh, Ratner, and Brett Ratner actually was like, that sounds pretty great. Let's all produce the movie. It's a really fucking fun movie, too. Like, I love that shit. Yeah, it's it's super fun, and I don't know why David Diamond hasn't directed anything else. This is his only directorial thing. But, um, but yeah, that opening scene is just so goofy. Fran Dresser's hair catches on fire. She gets drowned in eggnog. <laughs> uh, Bill Goldberg just, as Santa Claus, bursts through the the uh the fireplace and does a flip onto the table and stabs Jamie's cans hands like with double knives like through the table. It's just you know, it's I don't know. It, there's a it's just a lot of fun. It sets the tone for the movie up perfectly and um like I said, like the star power in that opening scene is incredible. Rivals uh, it rivals the, the the first scream, I would I would say. With uh, the amount of star power, I mean, all of them together probably make one Drew Barrymore. But you know who's counting. Um, but it's you a are. lot of fun. This thing, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like Santa Slay is not mentioned enough. Maybe it is, but um, it it definitely 
you know, I, I it want, needs to pop up a little bit more because I, here's the thing is that whenever I meet anybody, they like it. Like that have actually seen it. They're like, yes, I enjoy that movie. Uh, that's, it's one of those that I never saw that I would see the cover and like Goldberg playing. <laughs> a, nope. No, right. No, it's no. an easy pass. It's an easy pass. Totally. But it's a lot of like his demon reindeer that tries to slay, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's totally goofy, goofball, cornball fun, but it's, it's done really well, uh, for what it is. And uh, it definitely gets played by me. If I, I try to get to it every year since I've seen it. No, I, I agree with you. I'm a hundred percent on board. Nice. I'm glad we could agree on something, Brad. We agree more than you think, you asshole. <laughs> so, all right. Cool. Well, Merry Christmas. All right, well, let's dive into our best of lists, and uh, I hate doing these. Like, best oh, of lists for me, I'm always like, they're always really hard for me to do. So, like, whenever I have to do them, I'm, uh, I'm just like, oh, fuck. Just All right, so down. let's try, honestly, like, this could be, like, three hours. Let's try to keep a minute for okay. each title. I can do that. Because, cool. I mean, literally, we got 30 movies that we're going to be talking about. That's 30 minutes. <laughs> So, um, but let's just run through them. We'll try to each of us keep quiet. Maybe we could just say it's great or something like that. If we haven't, I'll I'll do like a sentence on, on why I, why I dig. Yeah, no, yeah. I just, I just think we need to keep like, because I mean, seriously, this could be a long, long talk. All right. Who wants to go first? Jason. All right. I'm going first. All right. Uh, (laughs) yeah, this, uh, uh, I realized that I don't really, I mean, I knew I didn't really watch as many movies as I used to because I'm always busy writing. Uh, I used to watch like a different movie, like you guys probably do, like a different movie at least every day. Uh, It slowed down for me, but you know. Yeah, well, I, now I'm lucky if I get like one a week, you know, and a lot of times it's older stuff, stuff that I've missed or stuff like that. So this was a tough list for me to make because I had difficulty finding 10 movies that I just thought were the best that I really liked, uh, that I just really enjoyed, you know, it, strangely, it was actually easier for me to do a horror list because I did. But while you guys were telling me, Oh no, no, no it's, it's, it's all just like genre stuff. I said, Oh, okay. And I mixed it up, but I think I've come up with my 10. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So without further ado, uh, the movie, uh, that I think, uh, is incredible and I never want to see it again is uh, Green Room. Uh, mm. Because uh, Green Room, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like I realized I was holding my breath for 90 minutes, you know? It was brutal. Uh, it uh, God, it was expertly made. It was an incredible movie. It was so tense, and it was harsh. I, I don't know that I can sit through it again. It's a testament to how expertly it was executed. Three times I've seen it. 
Love oh, it. wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I say that, and yet I, lately I've been like, well, it's on Amazon Prime. Watch it again, you know, because, God, it's just so good. Um, uh, after that one, uh, it's kind of an obvious one. I'm a big comic book fan, you know, big Marvel fanboy. I really like Civil War. Uh, I just totally geeked out and lost my shit when uh, Spider-Man shows up. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, not like the best movie, you know, but, uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I thought it was that, great. That movie made me almost want to quit watching any Marvel movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. But then yeah. I realized that was Dr. Strange that did that for sure. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, I know. I mean, I, I like Cargill too. And he's my buddy, but I just, I can't deal with the Marvel movies anymore. Really? I'll watch, I'll watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. But I think I might be done after that. Interesting. Well, that brings me to my next one, which is <laughs> Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, I, 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 it was, yes, it there, there weren't really any surprises in it. There were a couple of uh, clever things and uh, the ending was good. I don't want to spoil it, uh, but uh, I, uh, I thought this was, this felt like a Marvel movie, which I love. I am getting kind of tired of them, uh, just of the Marvel universe, maybe because they're just so ubiquitous. They're just always there. But I, I mean, I've been reading Marvel comics for, you know, 35 years or something. And so it's, it was amazing for me to, to see this uh, kind of uh, B or even C list character brought to life. And I thought it hit uh, a lot of emotional beats. Uh, it, it, it juggled a lot of different uh, notes and uh, didn't ever feel tonally imbalanced. The, it was, I also thought that, uh, Oh, Oh, you, you thought you were impressed by the special effects in, uh, in uh, inception. <laughs> That's cute. Watch this. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I really got a kick out of it. It was, I thought it was funny and sad and, uh, exciting. That was a good movie. So, uh, also, yeah, full disclosure, Cargill's my best friend. So what are you going to do? <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, I can honestly say I really enjoyed it. Uh, okay. I'm going to get the last superhero one out of the way. Deadpool. Uh, Deadpool, I thought was hysterical. It was the movie that it was the movie it should have been. That was a yeah. Deadpool movie. You know, it, uh, I, I, yeah, I've been, I've got Deadpool's first issue somewhere around here, you know, big, big fan. I'm not like one of those weird, like Deadpool fans. Cause Deadpool fans are kind of like Harley Quinn fans. Oh, they're God. just like, they're like yeah. really weird and obsessive about it. Uh, and, uh, where they think that they are Deadpool and they act like the character, you know, and think that they're clever and they're not. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a, it was a fun movie. It was amazing what they did on, on a low budget. And, uh, I'm really excited about the sequel. They got, uh, one of the guys from John Wick to direct. So okay. hell yeah. And I, uh, I'm down for that. Cause that was, uh, I like Deadpool because it was like, Hey, we like, we hate comic book movies too. And then we made this. I, I, I didn't get that sentiment from it. Exactly. Really? Okay. Yeah, see, that's how I felt. <laughs> I felt like it just completely went against what people, other people were doing and just said, kind of fuck you. Oh yeah. No. And I'm really glad that happened because that it needed to happen. Uh, hopefully, uh, everyone will take the, learn the right lessons from that, uh, and not try to mimic it, not pull a suicide squad where they're like, Oh, guardians of the galaxy had lots of pop songs. Let's put lots of pop songs. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, the next one. Okay. Uh, now we get, uh, into, uh, oh, not, not quite. I was about to say we get into a lot of horror stuff, but, uh, not quite. Uh, the nice guys. 
with okay. uh, Ryan Gosling and uh, uh, the Gladiator guy. What's Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe. Crow. Crow. Like, you got his name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Gladiator guy. Jesus. Almost made my top ten. Almost. Yeah. God. It was just so gorgeously shot, and the set decoration, and the costumes, and it was funny yeah. and. Man, it, it was it was just like a, I thought it was a perfect Shane Black film. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It, it uh, I, I love crime noir and God, it, I never would have thought that Ryan Gosling would give one of the funniest performances I've seen in a while, and he totally did. Uh, and plus, it was just it's got that whole aesthetic that I like the you know swinging seventies colorful tacky uh, look, and it does that just with aplomb. Uh, it was so much fun. Um, and now on to the horror because I watch mostly horror. Yeah, bro, horror, bro, horror, yeah. bro. Woo! Um, <laughs> then it, it, and I looked at a list of uh, all the must see horror movies of the year and realized I'd only seen like a couple of them. Yeah, I know. I, look, I looked at the list too, and I was like, "Fuck!" I'll yeah, catch them all. I'll catch them all like, in a couple months, I guess. Yeah. Didn't see Lights Out. Didn't see the Beach <laughs> sequel. Uh, haven't seen uh, Eyes of My Mother. You know, all of those that I know I'm supposed to see. I haven't. But uh, um, The Invitation. I okay. love The Invitation. Uh, I thought it was just like this weird slow burn. And the lead character, this uh, not Tom Hardy guy. <laughs> I know. Uh, I made that joke so many times. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. He, he I, I thought it was good and I liked a single location and uh, the acting was good and it kept me guessing until the end and uh, reminded, I don't want to spoil anything, but reminded me of, uh, of a different movie. Um, I can't even really talk about it. Think of a way to talk about it without spoiling it. But uh, um, yeah, I, I thought it was good that and it was a movie that mostly hinged on uh, performances, which I really appreciate. That was in my number two of last year. Uh, yeah, see, I wasn't sure. I, I saw it this year. Yeah, right? No, you, like no, it came out this year. Yeah, no, it came out this year. I just I saw it at South by Southwest, and it took forever oh. to come out. Okay, good, good. Because I was yeah. I was trying to keep it to 2016, but I, I wasn't sure when. This no, was. no, you you did right. I just I include festival movies because that's when I see them, and I don't want to wait a year and a half to talk about a movie. Yeah, yeah, you sure. know. So yeah, I saw it at. You know, South by, and it just it blew me away. I I uh, equate that movie to holding a stick of dynamite because you know it's going to blow up. Yeah, but you just maybe you're not looking at the wick. <laughs> yeah, you know it's like oh shit, I'm holding a stick of dynamite. I'm, my hand's going to blow up. I yeah. know it's going to happen. And I know you, it's going to happen. You don't know exactly how either. Yeah, I mean so, it's 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 it does a really good job of kind of putting some red herrings in the way. And when people are saying like it's really boring, you know what's going on. I'm like, yeah, you do know what's going on, but how terrifying is that shit? Yeah, like yeah. you know. But anyways, yeah, I, I'm on board with you on that one. Yeah, really liked it. Um, this one it, it's going to make a lot of uh, top tens. Probably a little bit of a cop out, but the witch. Uh, I, I thought the witch was, uh, really smart and weird and creepy. And it had some, uh, uh, some subtext laid in there, uh, that was, uh, you know, and a lot of the subtext is, you know, stuff that you can, you can or can't take from it. And people can argue if it's even there or not, but I thought it, uh, you know, had a lot to say about, uh, like the patriarchy and, uh, 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 also, 
you know, there's a lot of kind of an indictment of religion or maybe an indictment of the abuse of religion. So I thought there was a lot going on. I thought it was a really smart film. Uh, and uh, there was some creepy stuff. I do take issue with people saying, oh, it's the ultimate female empowerment movie. I was like, no, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's these women selling themselves out to the ultimate male uh, dominating monster, you know? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. That was smart. my number one of last year. Okay. Well, you and I should get together <laughs> again, again. I promise. <laughs> I promise my wife never again, Brad. Um, <laughs> the next one is, uh, uh, a dark song that, uh, I saw at fantastic fest this year. We argued over that one. Oh yeah, you didn't like it at all. Yeah, that is. Crazy. I was in the minority on that one, man. I don't know anybody else that didn't like it. I I understand you not. Like I got to give it another watch, man. I, I guess because I maybe I missed something. I no, I I totally get it. It's one of those that, as a writer, uh, I watched it and I was just kicking myself, like, why didn't I think of this? Uh, it's. Uh, yeah, it's uh, just a, a, a young woman, and uh, a, a, she hires an occultist to perform a dangerous ritual. And this ritual is like all of the stuff with those weird, spooky books that I love to collect, like uh, you know, like the Lesser Key of Solomon and all the grimoire uh, Varium or, or Varum or what, however you pronounce that. All those old grimoires where it's like this spell takes six months to cast. And you sit in this circle and and focus on this rock, and then uh, you can cast this this incantation by summoning the demon who rules over the hour of six o'clock in the morning. You know, it's all of that ancient, like quote unquote, real magic. You know, uh, I really liked it. I thought it was spooky and weird, and there's a lot of interpersonal drama and stuff like that. Yeah. Just great. Uh, my favorite film of Fantastic Fest, actually. And uh, also, fuck Brad. Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, and this one, um, this one's cool. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I liked it a lot. Um, good sense of paranoia. Uh, and it's also another one of those, kind of like The Invitation, in that you know someone is crazy uh, in, in this story. And you're pretty sure you know who, but you're not sure how they're crazy and how crazy they are. Uh, and also, uh, I liked it because it's like, oh, no, no, no. This character is dangerous and crazy, but he's also right. <laughs> and I thought that uh, was just a, an interesting uh, little turn. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was really tense. I loved the the mystery uh, of uh, what was actually going on. I thought that was... Uh, Really played into J.J. Abrams' whole uh, thing of the mystery box. You know, have lots of boxes that the that the people that the audience has to open. Uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, really uh, expertly done and uh, hell of a lot of fun. Great performances in that too. Another uh, another bottle film, kind of like uh, the Invitation. That was on my list for quite some time, but it got booted. <laughs> Glad you covered it. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, my my last one. Uh, is one that I saw this weekend, actually, at uh, a festival called Other Worlds Austin. It's a sci-fi festival here in Austin, uh, but they have just added, or they're starting to add more horror uh, to the lineup. 
and that's what this was. It's called uh, We Go On. Mm. And uh, it is, uh, yeah, from uh, 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 two directors, Jesse Holland and Andy Mitten. And uh, they did Yellow Brick Road, if you remember that, from a Ooh. while back, which I know, I know, I didn't. I liked yeah, you got you got to change the subject. I'm going to lose interest real quick. Yeah, I, I liked a lot about Yellow Brick Road, but it didn't work for me. I liked a lot of the conceits and everything, but it it, it didn't come through. This, however, I thought was great. It's about uh, this guy named Miles who uh, has all of these phobias, and he offers to pay someone for irrefutable proof of life after death. Um, and uh, unfortunately, he gets what he wants. And it's, uh, yeah, it, it does some interesting stuff and, uh, the lead actor just kills it. He does such a good job. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about release or really much of the circumstances around this movie at all, but, uh, also I had watched a couple of really terrible films before this at the festival. So maybe this offset my expectations a little bit, but uh, I really, really enjoyed this film. Nice. Cool. All, All right. right. Kill it, Sean. Okay. Um, I have a few that were on uh, Jason's Jason's list. So I'll I'll highlight, highlight those really quick. 10 Cloverfield Lane was on my list. Uh, John Goodman, for me, like, stole the film. And I could have done with it the last 15 minutes if they would just, you know, ended it, you know, the, the way they did. Or, there's a there's a breakoff point where you're like oh, I could end now to be perfect, but um, but I really dug it. His performance stuck with me. Uh, the witch. I'm a sucker for anything involving religious, uh, religion and horror, and it was a perfect blend of both. Uh, and then the nice guys. Uh, was a breath of fresh air and uh, very witty and smart script. Very funny. So I'm with you on those. Um, Shane Black forever. Keep, he can just keep on doing these flicks, and I'll be Aside happy. Aside from Iron Man three, yeah, Iron. I mean, you know, that Iron Man three was like a studio mandated kind of Shane it Black was like film, setting yeah. shit on fire and then sitting on it and letting it burn you. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Slow it's okay. down, there. Jeez, wow. It's it's, it's 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 all right, but I, I would. It's I would a little better have, than Independence Day two. <laughs> I would rather have uh, Shane Black to Shane Black doing his own stuff like. Like the nice guys and um, just everything else. Just keep doing that. That's fantastic. Uh, anyway, uh, moving along. Uh, I had the same issue too as as Jason. I, I don't go out to the theater as much. And I'm not, you know, I'm I'm a lot of times I'm catching up on stuff from the previous year or on crazy batshit, you know, '80s movies that are being released on Blu-ray. So. Um, so I'll continue with the rest of these. Uh, Hacksaw Ridge, new Mel Gibson flick. Um, it gets a little bit melodramatic, but, um, it's, it's good to see Mel Gibson back in the director's chair just because he has such a great eye for, for violence and, and those scenes. Uh, it's probably the most tense I've been in a, in a war film since Saving Private Ryan. And all those scenes are just work. And, um, the movie itself, great film. I think Andrew Garfield's a little miscast, but he, he, he pulls it through. Um, but really good film. See it in the theater if you can, just because, uh, the visceral, um, experience of, of the, the battle scenes. Pretty great. Um, these are in no particular order, by the way. I'm just kind of 
going down my list. Next up, James Wan's Conjuring 2. I think it's a solid sequel. One of the, the favorite, I mean, one of the few horror films I saw in the theater and it, and it worked. Um, I was kind of worried that it would, it would, wouldn't be as good as the first one. I think it is. And, um, it takes place it. around Christmas time, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. So add that to your Christmas horror list, everyone. It's a good one. It was good. It was very effective. Yeah. Loved it. Fantastic. It had, it has that one shot with the painting. Mm hmm. Oh my God. I've never seen Terrifying. anything like that. Yeah. Oh, very good. Uh, I haven't checked it out on Blu ray yet just because I'm like, I don't know if it'll work as well on a small screen. You know, uh, I like that film. I think I liked it better the second time around. Did you? Okay. It's good to know. All right. Uh, next up, Tex Montana will survive. Oh, I want to see that. Um, it's it's funny because they did the you know they did it was Kickstarter right was it Kickstarter or was it Indiegogo either way they raised money to to release this and they released it for free it got like you know just shitty reviews on like Amazon Prime and and, st- and YouTube and stuff like that but like I mean it's you got to look at like what they did to do the movie I mean it's just you know um Jeremy right. Garden. Yeah, they they literally went out like on a weekend to make it, and that was it. <laughs> you know, um, him, it's him the whole time, and it's like you. I think it's like a feat that I, I don't think enough people talk about. I mean, can you imagine? Like he carries the whole film, and he's great in that character. The Tex Montana character is fantastic. My wife and I are always talking to each other we're always dropping in survive like whenever anything happens and even the kids got to know they saw a few of his little shorts and the his little youtube shorts and my kids are yelling survive like it's a very endearing character and like i don't i don't see how anybody could really shit on that like i think it's a lot of fun uh to spend time with this uh you know guy in the woods who's very inept and uh trying to survive on his own in the, in the wilderness. Just great. I think it uh, deserves more credit than it, it, it got. I think, I feel like it should have come out and it should have been, you know, way more, you know, talked about way more than it, than it had, than it was, but I'm glad that it helped kind of, you know, uh, Jeremy and, and Christian, like, I'm glad that it kind of helped catapult them into doing the next movie they want to do. And I'm excited to see, you know, what that leads to. um, I got a couple of kids films, family films, of course. This was like, normally, like, it's very hard to come by, like, a really good family film that I feel like will, you know, that I'll rewatch with the kids. But two came out this year that um, I absolutely adored. The first one was uh, Disney's remake of Pete's Dragon. And I'm a, I'm a fan of the original one. And, um, and I liked that they took a different approach with this one. It's pretty much, it's a boy and his dragon. Um, but it's it's a whole different other a plot, and the um, the soundtrack to the film uh, it's, I think it takes place up in the Pacific Northwest. I think, doesn't it? I don't know. But um, I don't. Know. I mean, at, who as a kid never you know dreamed about having their own pet like dragon or dinosaur or whatever? I mean, this mine were dinosaurs because I wanted eggs and they hatched, <laughs> and then I took care of them like in prehistoric. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, it it takes yeah. that and and it. You know, it's really effective. The kids loved it. It is a bit ballsy on the open because it opens with a family in a car and everything's happy. And, um, it opens like 
like in Disney fashion, like it ho- opens with a tragedy very quickly. And the original Peace Dragon, it never went there. Like it was just, oh, this is orphan and his and his dragon. He never really think about like how he became an orphan. This movie approaches that scenario and it's pretty damn ballsy. Like I was at first, I was like, oh fuck. Like, oh, it was start, let's, let's, let's just start the movie with a downer. Um, cause it's pretty hardcore. And I thought that was, that it should be applauded. You know, having a family film that's willing to kind of, you know, go there and start the movie out. Um, but you know, strong, strong family film. Uh, you know, not all of you are gonna be like, I'm gonna go run a family film tonight. But if you're a fan of, of Disney and, and these remakes they're doing, I think it's a, a strong one. And I don't know. I, I really dug it for what it was. Uh, next up, Kubo and the Two Strings, the Leica stop motion animated film. Um, it's just a work of art. Gorgeous, beautiful. Uh, from like, Leica's got me. Leica Studios, like, uh, They've been Coraline, and they did, um, oh, shoot, what's the one, um, is that the monster, yeah, um, the boy, par- and the Paranorman, Paranorman, um, oh, yeah, that was a good one, yeah, like yeah, that. they're, they're just really good, like, um, this one, like, I had, uh, the only issue I had was, was with some of the voice casting, like, you can always tell George Clooney's voice, it kind of took me out of the film a little bit whenever that character would talk. But uh, other than that, just a fantastic, gorgeous film. Like what I like about it too is it's a family film, but it's not afraid to go dark. It's not afraid to kind of push like the limits of, you know, um, of the family friendly stuff. Like uh, Paranorman, the same way. The Paranorman brings up like one of the characters turns out to be gay, and they just kind of go, they just kind of brush that aside. You know, they don't they don't shy away from things that normally like a family film like if. You would think would maybe shy away from that, but like a um, even with Coraline, it's a very dark story, and I appreciate kind of seeing that back in family films. You know, adding that bit of an edge to the films that um, that I always responded to as a kid, and I know that my kids are like respond to that too. Like it kind of it's a little bit dangerous, and they kind of know it, and it kind of makes it that much more exciting that they're kind of straddling the line um, with everything. So, uh, that was pretty fantastic. Um, and let's see, I had a couple more here. Uh, this action flick Mel Gibson starring in Bloodfather. Like, you know, it's kind of a middling action movie, but it's like, I think it's just cause I'm a, a, a Mel Gibson fan and it's fun to see him kind of back at things. I think he's really good in it. He's yeah. really good when he's protecting or avenging his family. <laughs> he is. That's like his thing. He is in, you know, bearded Mel Gibson in Bloodfather is fantastic. Uh, a lot of themes in there that I think kind of mirror his personal life with the alcoholism, like you know, kind of a guy coming out of alcoholism and, you know, uh, needing to kind of piece his life back together. So there's those themes in there that I thought was really kind of cool to see him mirroring uh, real life, you know, his own personal demons. Uh, and then there's, you know, there's a Nazi biker gangs he has to deal with and, uh, cartels and stuff like that. I think it's a really, uh, really decent action flick. He's really strong in it, and it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, and then finally, I think this is ten. Yeah. Um, there's a Korean film called The Wailing. And oh I yeah. About this uh, before. Um, I'm trying to find the director. 
I spot it's it's on Netflix now. I'm oh uh, yeah yeah just just came on Netflix. It's two and a half hours, but don't let that daunt uh, daunt you. Don't don't let that keep you from seeing it. Uh, directed by Hong Jin Na, and um, like a stranger comes into this village, and there's been like some weird sickness where people uh, go crazy and start attacking other people. Kind of like it seems like a zombie thing, but it, but it's not. Kind of goes into like a more of a possession type film. You don't really know how the stranger's involved, but you know, it, it, it's just, it's so layered and so intricate with the, the story. Um, it's very, like, it's not painting in broad strokes. Like, there's so many things to digest in this film. Like, even with like religion, uh, like religion butting heads with like tradition and even, um, I don't know. It's just a very strong film. Like when I got done watching it, I wanted to watch it again and digest it. And that doesn't really happen that often with, uh, films like, like this. Like, you know, you were, you'll watch a horror movie and you'll be one and done and you'll move on to the next thing. Oh, that was scary. But this thing like brought up so many different, um, like even for me, like theological aspects and of religion and, and how they're all intertwined. And, uh, I just, I'm really excited to sit down and watch it again. I haven't had, two and a half hours to sit down and, and watch it again, but I definitely will be um, catching it. So yeah, it's on Netflix, um, so you really have no excuse now, and uh, it also has a pretty good-looking Blu-ray from well ago. So that's my top ten of 2016. Damn, bro. Damn. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I did it. You know how hard it is for me to freaking write down you, freaking ten movies. <sighs> you did a fantastic job. Oh, thanks, Brad. I appreciate it. I thought it was adequate. <laughs> I at least try to be adequate. Yeah. No, there's so many movies that I haven't seen yet that I'm kicking myself that I know are like 2016 had a lot of really good horror movies uh, and really good films. I just hadn't got around to seeing them all yet. So. Hmm. I'm proud of you. So no one write in and go, what about this movie? What about that movie? Like, I probably didn't see it. Oh, uh, in by the end of the month, I'll probably say, here's my top ten. Rogue One, Rogue One, Rogue One, Rogue One, Rogue One. Uh, and then I'll do Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I totally left off Force Awakens. Wait, no. <laughs> that was 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I probably would have left it off anyway. <sighs> Rogue One all day. Rogue yeah. One looks amazing. <laughs> All right, Brad, what's up? All right, so here we go. Mine actually is um, probably f- my favorite, my number one I'll mention last. Like, I, I think I did put these in uh, I think I did put these in order. Good job. So, um, and actually I had a quick uh, change because I realized that the first film I was going to mention was released theatrically in 2015. So I have to change that, which I had another, I actually had a top 11, which works out. Oh, uh, that film was American ultra, but I will, uh, yeah, take, take it off. Cause that was uh, last year. That's a fun flick. That's um, good. Underrated. Yeah. So yeah, extremely. Um, so my number 10 was a, um, a film called Francesca. Hmm. It is a, um, a newer film, Unearthed Films, released it on Blu-ray um, recently. It made its way around festivals a little bit, um, I guess, at the end of 2015. 
but um it's it's a really bizarre giallo film um it's in vain of uh who is clicking their mouse are you, who's looking at porn i should say uh i was uh, so <laughs> slow surfing and jerking there but i sorry. knew it was i knew it was going to be jason um because sean's hand is on my dick Hey. So, wow. Okay. You're That's, welcome, uh, Sean. So, it's so uh, podcast. <laughs> so Francesca is, um, you know, uh, it, it's filmed in in that way where it looks like it's super old, um, uh, but it's just a really bizarre uh, film. Like it would be in the seventies and early eighties. Um, it's got a killer ending. It's uh, it has a wonderful soundtrack. Uh, I suggest pick, picking up. The limited edition three disc from an Earth. You, if you're a Giallo fan, you won't be upset. Um, next up was a film I saw at South by Southwest uh, this year called Teenage Cocktail. It's uh, it's about um, a group of uh, high school girls that uh, decide to make some extra money through uh, webcamming, um, and they get caught up with a predator. Kind of, uh, he's being led on. Pat Healy's character plays a scummy, um, webcam, uh, auteur, I guess. I don't know what you, he, he loves it. He likes to, you know, do what Jason's is doing to jerk it. Um, and he gets caught up in this, uh, huge fucking thing. Um, really good, uh, very gritty, very dirty, um, lot of fun. Uh, next up, I know I'll get, still get shipped for this, but I'm super on board with this movie, uh, The Boy. Um, I know people fucking hate this movie. I love The Boy. Um, if you have, and I'm talking about the one with uh, Rupert Everins, my homeboy from Asylum Blackout. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it's just one of those films where it feels uh, like Hammer-esque Victorian Euro horror. And uh, the way it looks, it's shot really well. Um, you know, a woman is, uh, care, being caretaker for the house. She's told that there's a boy that she's got to take care of, turns out be a doll and some weird shit starts happening with the doll around. Um, love it. So next up was uh, a very, very small film, a micro budget. I mentioned a couple times on the show already, um, was, they look like people, um, Almost made my uh, top ten. Yeah, it's uh, this film is truly terrifying. It's so fucking good. It's very well done. I mean, this film couldn't have been made more than just for a couple couple grand, and it's extremely effective. Um, basically, it's uh, two uh, friends that haven't really kept in contact uh, get in contact, and he realizes that his buddy is. Um, Basically, his friend tells him that these uh, shapeshifters, uh, or what would you really call them, Jason? They're um, not really shapeshifters. They're, um, what do they call those people? Like doppelgangers or, God, no. No, it's like, not morphing, but um, there's a name for it. But they'll turn into, like, a creature. Um I can't and, remember. Yeah, yeah, and he and he tells his friend that the, these people are taking over the world, and he's getting this uh, these phone calls 
um, saying the world will end when you, you know, you hear three lightning crashes and then like, <laughs> you know, emergency sirens um, and you need to prepare because these things are taking over the world and you'll have to fight. It's fucking incredible. It's so good. Um, next up was the autopsy of Jane Doe. Oh, good saw, one. Uh, uh, Fantastic Fest. Brian Cox and uh, uh, Amelia Hirsch. Um, great fucking chemistry between these two. They work so perfect together. Um, basically, uh, uh, a son and a father and son, uh, mortician company. Um, late one night, they get a Jane Doe in, and the sheriff needs an answer of cause of death um, ASAP. And they slowly discover a grisly and haunting past of this uh, Jane Doe. Uh, truly terrifying movie. And you don't expect it either. That's what I loved about it. Uh, now it's, of course, the trailer you know, shows you a lot more than what we knew going in. Uh, we just knew it was going to be an autopsy movie. We had no idea that this movie was going to go where it did. Um, next up was, uh, this is being released by Arrow. This is one of the films that everybody, uh, bitched about that was being released in the December lineup or January lineup, I guess, um, called We Are the Flesh. Um, did you see this one, Jason? I think I, I think I, wait, was that this year? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I did not. Okay. That's why. Um, hey, is that the one where the guy gives like uh, gives like a blowjob from like uh, his sister? <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know if we mentioned that on the show <laughs> is that I was really excited to see this movie at Fantastic Fest, and so somebody was searching, I guess, for We Are the Flesh, and they kept asking anybody that tweeted We Are the Flesh, is it true that you get to see the sister give a graphic blowjob to her brother? <laughs> This guy was really, really. He concerned. was really into it. Um, and I, and buddy, if you're listening to the show, yes, you do. Um, <laughs> it is about a low life dude, um, kind of scum of the earth, uh, living and trying to survive this homeless guy in his own little world. Uh, a brother and sister stumble upon him uh, living in this weird shit, and it becomes a drug-fueled, sexual incest story of these people living in this makeshift home of whatever the fuck they're doing. It's really bizarre because it's very, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic feel. Um, and just a really bizarre movie. And it was, you know, there is extreme, it's extremely graphic. Um, uh, you know, ever, anywhere from ejaculating to, uh, hardcore blowjobs to, go, to, go to whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's not really sexy at all. <laughs> um, it's just, it, it's, it's, you know, pretty, it's pretty graphic and gross. Um, and I know a lot of people weren't on board, but I tell you, man, the last five minutes of that movie sells you a hundred percent. It's so fucking good. So if you are watching it and you're like, ugh, this is, is this to be sh- shock value? Like, is this, are they just doing this to push buttons? Eh, maybe, but there is a payoff. I will tell you that. If there's no payoff, I would have been pissed. Um, 
but anyways, go see Where of the Flesh. It's out on Arrow. Um, very. This is their first contemporary release that they're releasing over here. Yeah, they have like a line where they'll yeah over here. Yes, I mean they released. Yeah, over there uh, they do it all the time. They released voices over there. Yeah. in the UK. But yeah, yeah. They're, this is their first U.S. release of a of a current film. And then uh, next up was one of the most fucked up movies I've ever seen in my entire life, and I watch a lot of fucked up shit. What? So when Brad says, hey, man, this movie's fucked up, I'm not, like, watching some shit where a kid gets killed and people are like, oh, man, kid gets killed. It's really fucked up. No, this movie's fucked. Um, it's called Cat Sick Blues. Um, if you like cats and you might not want to watch the movie, <laughs> yeah, it's, wow. it's got, it, got, it has some kitty death. Oh. Um, so... It is, stick with me here, stick with me. It is about a, it's a dark comedy as well as a horror film, as well as a thriller. Um, it, it's, it's definitely a genre mashup. And it has this kind of like surreal, like new wave feel to it. Like new, like, Think of all like the new wave music, like synthy stuff. But think about how those people look in those music videos. Uh, like a lot of pink, a lot of short shorts, like hipster deal. Like blend that into the movie as well. So it is about a woman who has a cat that has gone viral that people just love. So she makes these cat videos of her cat and makes money. Uh, in the meantime, there is a serial killer who is uh, violently killing women. Um, he has to kill nine women in order to bring his dead cat back to life. Um, huh. This woman is... Some shit goes down with her, and she has to go to a self-help type thing, uh, meetings in order to uh, recover from a tragedy that she undergoes, a very graphic tragedy, um, and meets the serial killer, and he falls in love with her while he's trying to kill all these women with his cat dick. Um, yes, there is a cat dick. Uh, I, 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 I thought that maybe I misheard you for a second, but no. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's it's a really fucking weird movie. Uh, you can see a trailer for it probably and kind of get where I'm getting at. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, definitely go see it. It's really, 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 really fucked up and hilarious at the same time. It's kind of odd to say the movie's funny, but it does. It makes fun of society as well. Um, but it is sometimes a hard watch, I guess, for people. Um, so next up is uh, Arrival. Um, with uh, Amy Adams. Did you catch this one at Fantastic Fest, Jason? No, I skipped it because I always try to pick uh, something. No, I always try to pick something at Fantastic. No, I got you. I got you. That's opposite yes. of a big release. Yeah, I, have, I haven't seen it yet, unfortunately. Um, so Arrival. Um, not too much you can say uh, other than um, Amy Adams is a language expert. Um, a spaceship's land from uh, kind of all over the world. Um, I think there's like 12 or 13 of them. Um, and in one place, uh, the doors open up and the scientists are allowed to go up 
into this um, area and see the aliens. Uh, and the aliens are trying to communicate. So they hire a language expert to try to decipher what they're actually saying. And um, her and a colleague um, are decipher- basically uh, writing down exactly what these things are showing because they're doing it through pictures. That's how they communicate. And trying to decide why they are here. Um, it's a fucking punch in the fucking face, this movie. It's so fucking good. The Fantastic Fest, if you don't know, if you haven't been, it's a genre festival with a lot of fucked up shit. You see a lot of fucked up shit. You do even fucked up shit. It's uh, a lot of fun. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a festival with some teeth. When you watch the very first movie, Fantastic Fest, and pretty much 90% of the theater is walking out with tears in their eyes, something's up. <laughs> like, we're all fucking teary-eyed. I'm like, wait, are we supposed to be crying in the first movie of fucking Fantastic Fest? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's fucking amazing. It's really good. And then um, next up was a uh, female, uh, first time uh, debut a female director from France, uh, a film called Raw, um, that I saw at Fantastic Fest as well. Fantastic Fest always has like four or five movies that are going to be in my top ten of every year. Um, but Raw is a story about uh, a vegetarian and her sister are going to um, veterinarian school, and she slowly realizes she has a taste for flesh. Um, and it's a story about a coming of age story about two sisters and their deals dealing with cannibalism. Um, it's very art housey. Um, obviously Argento is a huge inspiration, uh, kind of, it has a mix of like kind of Italian cinema, Italian horror, um, great soundtrack, uh, beautiful movie. Um, and absolutely gorgeous film um, as well as it's just a lot of fun because it's kind of fucked. Um, And then last but not least, my number one of the year. Um, And that said, when I very first saw this film at South by Southwest, I walked out of the theater and I was like, all right, this movie is definitely in my top 10. Uh, Right now it's my number one. I was like, something's going to make it slide and nothing did. Then it came out on Blu-ray, and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch it again. And I watched it again, and I loved it. And then I was like, man, is this one of my favorite films of all time? Like, is this in my, like, top 100? And, like, I watch it again, and I'm like, man, like, it's, like, I feel like this movie is going to be, like, in my top 10 of, like, all time. Like, that's how I feel. Of all time? Yeah, of all time. Um, And my my top 10 of all time is a pretty fucking good list. I'm not going to lie. And so, like, I watch it again. And I've seen this movie four times. And usually when, you know, because you get off a high, you know, you get out of the theater, you're like, yeah, that movie's fucking great. Like, I love it. Number one. Yeah. And then, like, you let it digest. And you're like, yeah, I like that movie. It's good. You know, I, I just was a high. Um, anytime I mention that, like, right now, I just want to quit the podcast and just fucking watch it. Anytime <laughs> that somebody mentions this movie, anytime that I hear a song from the movie, I immediately want to watch it. And I, I'll be safe to say it's at least in my top 20 of all time. I don't think it's made it in the top 10 yet because it's got some hurdles to jump through. Because it just came out. It came out, you know, earlier this year. Uh, everybody wants some. 
Um, really? Wow. Yeah, I absolutely adore this movie to the fullest. Um, I'm a big Days and Confused fan, and at this point in time, I like it more than Days Confused. Um, maybe because I can relate to it a little bit more, as well as it feels more on a normal plane of kind of a buddy hangout movie because there's not as many as events as there is in like kind of uh days of confused, but it's funny. It's it. I mean, it's just hysterical. It really is. And it also has this down to earth, uh, atmosphere and truth behind it. Um, uh, a big sense of realism for me, um, mainly because I would hang out with a a large group of people and friends. And it was a mixture of people. It was punks, uh, preps, uh, goss, anything you could think of. It was just a big group of people. And this movie was more, it felt like it was more accepting to kind of more than just your baseball jocks. Cause the movie's about a baseball, uh, two houses that how nine, nine players each, um, or is it nine? Whatever. Um, so, Two, two houses has a baseball team and it's about three days before school starts. So they get there and they practice and, you know, they get into trouble and drink and do everything, but it's just kind of everywhere. It, it goes every direction. And, um, I love that aspect about of it. It's very funny. Um, it's got some great characters, it's got some great one liners and it has a fucking killer soundtrack. Have um, not seen it. So yeah, this movie completely blew me away. Like I said, I've seen it four times this year, but it's one of those things where I'll probably watch it ten times next year. It's just one of those movies that I'm constantly going to be putting on, um, just because. Like, yeah, it's 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 perfect. It's it, it's a ten. Does it have any like incestuous blowjobs or dead cats? <laughs> is it very, like is that? very uh, tame it does, pick? It does not. It does not. Hmm. Um, I'm perplexed, but it, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, it, it's hard to say. Cause when the trailer came out, the trailer kind of sucks. Um, I haven't had any desire to see it other than you keep mentioning it. Yeah. It, it, it like after I saw the trailer, I was like, eh. but you know, I was at South by Southwest, it was playing and, um, I actually got sick like really, really sick uh, this year at South by Southwest where I was like down for like three days and could, didn't see any movies. So, and I really wanted to get to see this one because I, you know, I saw the trailer. I was like, eh, but then I had a friend say, Hey man, I really think you'd like this movie. It was a friend that I trust. Um, and so I was like, I got enough strength to go see it. And I was like fucking miserable getting there. And then this movie just made me feel great. And then I was like, you know, was it because of that? And then I watched it again and watched it again and watched it again. And I'm like, no, this movie's just fucking perfect. I don't think there's too many tens out there, but this movie's a 10 to me. So damn. Okay. Well, I will move that to the top of my list. I just, uh, bought it, bought, I bought it on Blu-ray with uh, days and confused for $20 total. Yeah. It's, um, I'm not gonna say where I bought it from. (laughs) It's verboten. Well, it's fine because I don't think Mike carries it. That, that one's fun. But um, it's a pretty good yeah. deal. That you know, it's a pretty good deal. I'm just saying, man. It's it's a perfect movie. All right, all right. Well, 
that'll be some fun viewing. Um, I'm sure my wife will dig it. Her and I also. Honestly, dude, I sit down and watch both. I haven't met anybody that hasn't loved it. Oh, you go to Amazon, it only has three stars. But, you know, those Amazon reviews are pretty, you know, pretty thought-provoking. Did you happen to see, like, I think Jason might enjoy this because he's a serial killer. Did you happen to see (laughs) the guy guy that was in, like, North Carolina, South Carolina that was the serial killer who they just caught? No. So, anyways, they found a serial killer, like, up north. I don't know anything about this at all, Brad. So... He's <laughs> he's he's caught, so it's not you. Um, yeah, okay, that's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he's like had like it was weird because there was like this couple missing and like they were gone, and then all of a sudden these Facebook posts started like hitting, and it was like, hey, we got married. It was really weird, but it turned out to be this guy who like killed them, and he was posting like from their phone. Of like them continuing in their life, they found a woman chained up. Like it was really bizarre. They found that woman like in a barrel. Is that a? Uh, it, I, don't know. I, think, weird... I think this was in a cage, and she weird. was still alive. They, wow. They, there's um, one where they found a woman in a barrel still alive. May, oh, may, may, maybe maybe that was it. God but anyways, God. the guy that guy, they don't know how many people uh, as of yet. That uh, last time I checked, which was you know probably a few weeks ago, I haven't checked. Up on, but we were talking about Amazon, Amazon reviews. Well, anyways, this guy he bought like you know padlocks, um, a chainsaw off Amazon. He was leaving Amazon reviews oh of God. like the Amazon review for the chainsaw said works really well, but it's really hard when the person is running around. <laughs> what? Are you fucking with me? You're no, no, us. no! I'm dead serious. Just type in on Google. Type in Amazon killer or uh, serial killer Amazon reviews, and you'll see. Like he was also like quoting like Eagles lyrics, um, and like the padlocks is something like works great. Uh, person like can't get out or something like that. So he, he has like the zero fucks given killer. Uh, so he has like multiple <laughs> Amazon reviews where he's like, um, you know, like reviewing. Oh, like one was a shovel says work really great when digging a hole, but would like to have a midget with it. Like just really bizarre reviews. Well, anyways, yeah, this know. is the duty. Uh, she killed the boyfriend or husband or whatever, and like locked her up and and then posted like on Facebook of her like and him like getting married or some shit. I don't know. It's a really bizarre story. I mean, it's terrible. Like Holy what shit. happened, obviously, yeah. it's really fucked up. So it's not really funny, but there is some kind of dark humor in leaving Am- Amazon reviews as a serial killer. Um, so, Jason, you need to watch what you're posting, bro. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta sanitize that. I gotta, I'm going through my Twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> delete, delete, clean. delete. Clear history. Yeah. Clear history. Clean so, it all up. Anyways, nice. it's it, it's interesting if you're into serial killer. You ever listen to last podcast on the left? No. Oh well, it's it's a really fucking crazy show. It's about a group of guys that analyze everything about serial killers. They'll pick a serial killer and they'll talk about him for like two or three shows, but they'll get really into it. Uh, very, very interesting. Wow. If huh. you're into that dark shit. I mean, I know it's like everybody's like, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it is fucking terrible, but it happens. 
Um, and you know, it's uh, reading about it. It's interesting to me. I'm, I'm cool with analysis and interesting. What kills me is like, you know, these people on Instagram, you know, who, who post pictures of like Richard Ramirez and like, Oh my God, he's so sexy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's the weird shit. Yeah. It's like, you're the dumbasses that write letters to people in prison, you know, to serial killers in prison. You fucking nut jobs. Yeah. There's no reason to glorify them. At, by any means, but there is kind of an interesting concept of who's behind those, you know, behind that act of uh, those horrific crimes. And, you know, the story of Ted Bundy is fucking incredible. Like, yeah. you know, what, what he did in like, the, if anybody knows, Ted Bundy escaped two times out of custody and killed I afterwards. did not know that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He was able to just uh, one time he went on a killing spree for like, I think like six months or some shit. And the other one, he was quickly caught, but he still escaped twice. Like, and it's just by him being the manipulative dick he was. Ridiculous. What is happening right now? Sorry. It's, uh, is it puppies? It's, it's puppies. Yeah. They're being loud. My apologies. It's all good. All right, and uh, with that, gentlemen, I think we need to wrap up this episode. Yes, we do, because it's one fifteen. Heck yeah. Jason Murphy, thank you so much for joining us. On Thanks for having me, man. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll put links to your stuff on uh, the show notes. Of course, um, your website, jasonsmurphy.com. Yes. People can check you out there. You can check us out over at thescreamcast.com. All of our social media bullshit is over there. Make sure you check out our sponsors and give them some love. Let us know that uh, we sent you over there. You can, uh, of course, buy Vinegar Syndrome Flicks. Check out Coffee Shop of Horrors uh, over at coffeeshopofhorrors.com. You can put in the, co- the code uh, SCREAMCAST when you check out. You get 10% off your order. Uh, grindhousevideo.com. Order all your stuff through them. Please, and let unless, know. unless it's everybody wants some, then I guess you can right. I mean, you know, your horror titles, right? Okay, horror and, ex- and exploitation. But fuck Amazon, am I right? <laughs> yes. You're um, serious about this. We want to thank Wolfman of Mars for supplying music <laughs> for the show, and Kevin Spencer for uh, creating our logos for the show. Um. Oh, I was on the latest Splat House uh, episode. Their Red Rock. Yeah. West episode, I played Nicolas Cage's character in their opening skit. Said it wrong again, Splatcast. So check that out over at splathouse.com. We'll talk to all of you guys next time. I believe we are trying to to get Brian Sauer to come back. So uh, Mm, check back and see if that actually happens. Talk to all of you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. Party's just begun. Criterion releases a bunch of friggin' artsy fartsy bullshit. Whoa! Uh, I like Criterion if it's like a genre release. Like if they release Robocop on Criterion, fuck yeah. Re release The Rock on on Criterion Blu ray, fuck yeah. Broaden your shit a a little bit. I mean, fucking. Yeah, Criterion's been killing it. Wages like, of fear. Okay. All, all of their uh, Wes Anderson they stuff. They just released One-Eyed Jacks. 
I don't know if that like, is. Like, Marlon, Marlon Brando's One-Eyed Jack's on Blu-ray. Like, oh, Sean. <laughs> I don't got time for that shit. You know why you don't have time for that shit? Waxwork double feature. <laughs> exactly. 